gentlemen boys and girls welcome back to top shelf sessions i'm your host don and rob welcome back we're glad to have you rob how you been bro good just busy 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 shop life you know how it goes 100 percent, man i feel that say we uh weren't able to get together last week to record one so it's good to be back this week yes yes lots have happened a lot has happened in the, the last couple of weeks Oh, yeah. Um, certainly some hot-button issues that we're going to end up getting into. But over the last couple of weeks, I have had a lot of time to think about a bit from our last conversation. Uh, the condition of the human being and the lenses with which we construct our view of the world and our place in it. And how those different lenses... Well, essentially, those different lenses allow us to manifest different things in our own lives... And they dictate how we see the world. I mean, like what facts we pull out of the world. And I've, I've spent the last couple of weeks thinking about that, the different lenses that people see the world through and well, and, and potential problems that that uh, can cause, which uh, I, I think to relate it to a, a, a very uh, contentious issue right now, the uh, Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, um, the different lenses that people view that issue with, I think play a large part in the vehement anger coming from people on both sides of the coin and the talking past each other that seems to happen uh, in most of the conversations pertaining to the subject. Yeah, um, I would say, so the the subject at hand, the the abortion versus, like pro-choice versus pro-right, issue has been a lot of uh back and forth for however long this country's existed right and um so much now it's not so much anger that i'm seeing it's i'm not seeing a lot of anger from the conservative view i'm seeing a lot of anger from the liberal slash the opposing side of the because it's not it's it's really not a Republican issue or a Democrat issue. I've noticed it's it's a religious issue. It's it's more so not the conservatives that are having an issue with it. It's the religious people that uh, wanted this, not the conservatives. Because um, typically conservatives uh, are against abolishing people's rights uh, in the Constitution and amendments and getting rid of amendments. Typically, um, so being on the front lines, being, uh, opposed to this over the literally just a spit in the face of the people of America, in my opinion, like I'm pro choice, mm-hmm. like obviously, uh, but ultimately it's not my fucking issue. Like this issue is not my issue. Cause I don't have to deal with the repercussions as a man, mm-hmm. but I do have to deal with the repercussions of a set up precedence now of supreme court justices and states 
choosing upon themselves, even though they're elected officials, going with almost like a supermajority thing or just uh, like ignoring our rights and ignoring the like, nope, not take it to a vote. Let's just decide right now based on representatives and not based on the popular vote of the people in that district or con- their constituents, right? So that's that's what I've noticed a lot of, right? So women are screaming about their rights and men are screaming about their loved ones losing their rights. I'm screaming, uh, like the ability for like proper healthcare and things like that. I'm screaming about that and I'm screaming about the issue of we literally had a Supreme Court rip away an amendment just rip it away without a vote without like nothing they were like all right cool we're gonna talk about this for about three or four weeks and then we're gonna make a decision mm-hmm. now to give the supreme court justices the benefit of the doubt um i, I think a lot of this is, is motivated fundamentally uh through a religious lens I, I think that's what a lot of this is coming down to which to me is scary um you know and i'm a religious person but that that, that doesn't have anything to do with the well the a religious nature that government has to be right you can't have well ultimately this country, religious yeah. treatment uh instantiated in law you just plain can't have that now i do believe this country was founded on judeo-christian principles that allowed for the human flourishing that we see i believe that the country yes uh stemmed with religious type people, but I don't, but they were the first ones to say separation of church and state. Yeah. yeah. Freedom of religion. Like that's a bill of right. Like that's what this country was founded on. And it's even freedom from religion. Yeah. As an atheist, I choose to follow freedom from religion, even. Yeah. Um, And I would say that's that's actually very important. Like no matter what, like, yes, there's some good points in the Bible or a Judeo Christian belief in like, don't rape, don't murder. But some of us choose to do those things without the fear of hell and just do those out of well, good so I, natured behavior. I, right. I think an interesting way to conceptualize the Bible is, is more of a, and this is kind of in an a religious framework, but it's a collection of human wisdom through narrative, through story. Yes. You know, when you look at a story like Cain and Abel, you know, it's like five lines, but the the amount of, of meat that is in that oh, story, yeah. the amount of depth that is in that story that relates to human nature is just, I mean, there's an insurmountable amount of depth. It's just a crazy story, you know, when it says uh, Cain goes to God and says, why didn't you accept my sacrifice? And God says to him, I didn't accept your sacrifice because, essentially because you're not doing everything you could and you've invited these problems in and it's your fault and yep. now you're pissed about it. That, to me, speaks to the human condition in a way that I, I don't think we could get without a dramatized story. Yeah. Um, now, that actually has no relationship uh, to the Supreme Court ruling. That's completely yeah, separate. Yeah, That's, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, hey, just, here's an interesting yeah, way to conceptualize yeah, the Bible. Yeah. And as somebody who's read the Bible and practice uh, Christian belief systems and was agnostic and just now... I choose, I am an atheist because there is no evidence dictating otherwise. So that's why I choose to fall in line with that because agnostic is kind of like wishy-washy for me and religion just doesn't make any sense in a logical, rational thought for me. For me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and that's, I, I have religious friends, Donald being one of them. Um, but ultimately this, the, this, religious 
the choice to be a Christian because they were born in America, because you, you have to be born in America to be on the Supreme Court, I believe. I don't quote me on that, but I believe just it's just kind of like the presidency, right? I actually have no idea. Yeah, okay, yeah, but, as far as the Supreme Court's but concerned, but let's just say most of the all everyone on the court was raised Judeo Christian, mostly Christian or Catholic. Um, but that was what their deciding factor was was their faith and their belief in a two thousand year old book. Well, so I don't know that if it I don't know if it was their deciding factor. I do think it was faith motivated. To be honest with you, and that's coming from a person of faith. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Right? But that's um, that's to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, and this is kind of a constitutionalist take. So if, yeah. if these judges are constitutionalists, and I don't know enough about the judges to know if that's their their framework of, of being like say a traditional constitutionalist, uh, but if they are, what they're saying is that the the right to abortion doesn't exist in the Constitution. In that the the question of whether or not you can or can't have one banned or unbanned is actually an issue for the individual states to decide. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that personally, right? Because yeah. this thing, well, the topic of abortion is sticky, right? And we're wading into sticky waters just talking about it. And it, it and seems we're gonna, like... we have to. Like, that's what this platform is for. Yeah. And that's what I want to clarify to our audience. Um, these are views of me and Donald, not of our employers, not of our mm-hmm. establishments. And if you disagree with our views... That's up to fucking you to disagree, and we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop treating you as a human, no matter what. Exactly. And if you're a customer of ours, that doesn't change the way how we're going to deal with you. You have a lot of uh, liberal and leftist type customers. I have a lot of conservative type customers. I do argue, and I do treat people. I do question them in my shop. I am not opposed to that. And our boss knows that, mm-hmm. and he may not like it a hundred percent, but he knows that's just who I am, and that's and that's so my and place. I, I keep, you know what uh, I mean. I keep Vermilion, the, the Verm Shop, essentially apolitical as far as you know the customers are concerned. Um, but the the so the question of states' rights versus a, a federal issue. If if I'm going to give the Supreme Court justices some uh, some grace here and say that it's not motivated fundamentally by religion. Um, Sorry, Clarence is whining, and I'm trying to get him over here. That's the distraction. Point. Um, <laughs> um, but if it is a, a state's issue, right, because there's actually no reference to it in the Constitution, um, and a constitutionalist would say we're only allowed to do what the Constitution says to do. You can't do anything without it saying it. That would be the, the traditional. Yep, yep, take. but then, that's um, where, then where do amendments fall into that? Oh, so, and again, I'm not uh, defending that view necessarily. Oh, no, 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 but I'm asking, like, if that's the idea set, then all amendments have to be abolished. Yeah, then we would they have to. It can't just be one marginalized group of peoples or multiple marginalized groups of peoples. It would have to, in that viewpoint, you have to be an absolutist and it has to be black or white. You can't pick and choose when it comes to that view. Because if it's not in black and white in the Constitution, it doesn't belong. So all amendments have to be abolished at that point. Actually, Bill Clinton uh, said something about this in the 90s that I, I really thought was insightful. Uh, my twin actually told me about this. But he basically said abortion needs to be safe, legal, and rare. Yep. And I think that's actually a pretty reasonable take. And, and a lot of conservative folks don't want to, uh, they don't want to acknowledge that. Uh, but then on the flip side of the coin, you know, a, a lot of liberal folks don't want to acknowledge that at a certain point, an abortion is murder. 
Yes. And I believe that a lot of people, I would say a, a very large grouping of that. But at what point, uh, at what point do they've already established the line though? Like that, that argument that people want to bitch and moan about on either side, like when is it murder? It's not murder. Scientists, people far well versed in this that have made it their life's mission to figure out pregnancy and women's health have already established this 24 weeks. It is not, life is not viable until 24 weeks. Mm -hmm. So you can't argue a bunch of layman people like us that aren't professionals in that field. Mm -hmm. How many people, how many devote Christians are arguing that life isn't viable at 24 weeks. Life begins at conception would be their, their well, so argument. An, an right? interesting, uh, an interesting argument for this based in science. And I forget the dude uh, who I had heard this from, but I, I believe he was an evolutionary biologist and essentially, he had said he believes that life begins at conception, not that a zygote is a baby. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is what this guy said is that the information that creates a human being that is stored in DNA mm -hmm. is formed at the Yeah, uh, I, at I would not conception. completely disagree with that. And because of that, the coding of life is in the DNA when that is formed, life begins. Is yeah, his essential Because life take. is happening in that moment. Once that happens, life is happening, right? Uh cells are reproducing cells are uh growing in exponential rates like life is happening but cognitive clarence you big fucking baby uh life is life is happening right but isn't viable Mm -hmm. the term viable means of like can live on its own can live it on its own essentially with with stipulations right with like a breathing tube a heart ekg monitor so yeah. that you can administer medicinal benefits right if if we if we as a society stop taking the expertise of our physicians and our experts then we stop becoming a progressive society and we can revert like don't go to the doctor for life-saving things because that's god's plan god's plan yeah, that's is for you to it's, die it's a because yeah religious society yeah like you not, can't you should not see a doctor a for any purpose yeah so christian fundamentalism is um kind of like what this is based on right like not necessarily a hundred percent but there's a little of that seeping into the, the I, I stream would, i would say more than a little to be yeah. honest with you i mean because most of the arguments you hear from people is you know well the soul enters the body yet well i'm not interested in that you can't make a solid objective case on whether or not a soul is you can't alive. run a country based it's, on that yeah well i mean you could run a theocracy based on that but then you get uh, well we'll not get into that'll be another episode then you have uh, particular countries around the world that do have uh, theocratic governments yeah we'll just leave it at that well, yeah, but then also let's, but what a nation of this size, a nation with this many, the melting pot of this, right? With all the religion and all the different faith-based uh, views, like, it's just hard, man. Like, and as an atheist, I want, like, I, I'm completely and utterly opposed, but as a logical thinker, I'm trying to v understand. Uh, I'm trying to view why, right? Mm -hmm. Why? And then I'm also trying to uh, understand what what's going to happen next. Like, I can't foresee the future, but I want to prepare myself, prepare my friends and family, and prepare my community for this shit, right? And so we've been 
locally here in Lamar's, we've been putting a foot like we've been putting feelers out for safe abortion trips and things like that. I don't even care. Like let the fucking feds come find me. Right. I'll be a fucking martyr for the women in my life. Um, you know, this is really interesting to me. This is another bit that I, I don't hear any media outlets picking up. Not really. Yeah. Uh, you hear people talk about how mad women are, how mad women are, how mad women are. I've talked to several women who are happy about this. Now, yes. what I find interesting about that is, you know, it's not like all women are up in arms about this. There's a split. There's a split of people. It's a complicated issue, right? And there's people that fall on both sides of the aisle, regardless of sex, whatever. And it's like these people are not being talked about at all. They're not being branded. They're not... They're being brandished it brand. They're just for like, I can't say the word. So I'm going to use a uh, simile is uh, they're being thrown to the, to the masses on stations like Fox news and things like that. Um, there's women on there calling women, calling other women, ugly, fat, gross, and less words, right? Those are women that should be glad that they, you, they can't reproduce, that men aren't going to talk to them because they're not going to reproduce with those women. Like, they've started attacking people's looks. And once you lo- once you succumb to that as, yeah, as an argument, it means you're stupid. Well, when you're doing ad hominems, it doesn't. Yeah, when you just start attacking a person's aesthetic or look. Well, yeah, you can't attack what they're saying, so you yeah, go for insults, Yeah, because you know? you're stupid and you're not educated. And I'm not technically educated, but I do a lot of reading. We are, we, yeah, we're educated. We're self-educated. Um, like, I don't have a degree, but I have plenty of fucking college credits. Um, and I've studied philosophy, theology, uh, fucking you name it. I've probably studied it, right? Like, I'm very well, not, I have conversationalist things of most things I've ever, on most things in the world I've established, right? In America, at least. Like tech, religion, politics, uh, you name it, I've studied a little bit about it, right? And I can hold a conversation and establish my views, right? Oh, I hear you there. I um... But these women are literally attacking other women on national television because they have nothing else to say. And these are women in support of the overturn that are attacking women on the left or against the overturn. I'm not yeah, even going to say the left it's anymore. Really not, it's, not... it's not a left versus right issue anymore. It's, it's I've seen, like... I have a semi-liberal friend. I wouldn't even call them liberal, quote unquote. But they beca- they come from a religious background, but they don't act as a as a conservative, right? In mm-hmm. most ways, but yet they're sub- in support of the overturn. Mm-hmm. Well, it just seems to me that the, that the narrative is. It seems like it's one-sided, at least on, say, like the social media posts. I see all the people talking about how, you know, women's rights are being attacked, but then I know women that don't feel that way. It seems to me that this speaks to, and you've heard me talk about this before, but it speaks to how complicated this issue is, how people really do vary in what they believe on it, and what they believe actually has nothing to do with, say, being a man or a woman. It's like this is a very, very complicated issue, that individuals have individual perspectives on. And it's worth, I would say, going at it from all angles to kind of see, or at least try, rather, to see what these people are thinking, whatever side of the coin you fall on. And I think a, a good place to start would be with the people that are for this uh, overturn. Um, you know, they, they do believe, and I would say incorrectly, that, you know, any abortion in any case is murder. 
Now, I don't think that's true, but if we acknowledge, or if we can agree, rather, acknowledge isn't the word, if we can agree that at a certain point, abortion is in fact murder, then whenever that point is, that's when we no longer... That was established, like a... And 24, 24 weeks. Yeah, that's that's when so, it becomes a murderous offense. And and that is something that if, you know, let's say if we can get on, if, if we could make this happen where, say, you put it into law, 24 weeks is the cutoff. I would that was, say... That was in the law. That was Roe versus Wade. Well, so if, to my understanding, it was, uh, is it 24 weeks? And then unless the health of the mother is at risk, but it... So Roe versus Wade said yeah. pretty much what it was was... Uh, it said that abortion is a human right. Mm-hmm. It's a constitutional human right. Mm-hmm. Um, it solidified that in black and white. And then it said it was also that life is viable at 24 weeks. That's what it established, right? Mm-hmm. So that is, at that point, that's when certain states couldn't, and then each state was like, okay, you can't do it at 26 weeks or 30 weeks or whatever, right? Or 12 weeks, right? So they... Either that's when it came down to it, right? You could be more restrictive, not less restrictive. Just like you can with cannabis and things like that, right? Um, But ultimately, it said life is viable at 24 weeks is a big point in Roe versus Wade. So what they did was they, not only did they overturn this, right? Made it a state's right issue. Mm -hmm. Now that, now the trigger warnings or the trigger laws that went into place as soon as that, within what, two hours, Alabama, Arkansas, God, who would have fucking thought the South, you know what I mean, <laughs> fucking would have put a ban on it? Who would have yeah, fucking yeah, thought? Yeah, yeah. The, literally, I think, I can't, I think it's Alabama. Just day one. To day one, one yeah. within a couple hours, right? Also, the state with the least literacy rate in the country, also the most religious in the, the country. Weird how that ties in hand in hand. Uh, it's also, I believe, the only place uh, in the United States where uh, incest is, is uh, illegal. Yeah, 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 illegal to marry your cousin, yeah. your sister, I believe. Is it something like that? Know. Outrageous, like that. Yeah, something beyond our recognition. And this is just, um, but yeah, it's. I, I don't know if it's Alabama, but one of those states, Alabama, Arkansas, West Virginia, or something like that, has the lowest literacy rate in the country. And as a collective, the South has the lowest literacy rate than most countries. Um, so, you know, the, the kind of the counter perspective, right? The people that are, are happy that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, you know, it, culturally, if you talk to folks, and it, I guess it matters less, right? Because if it was instantiated into law, the 24 weeks is the, it, basically you can have up until 24 weeks and then you can make le- you can be less restrictive from there, or excuse me, more restrictive more from restrictive, there, but not yeah. less. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that to me seems to be reasonable. But say if you were to question, like, pick someone like a Hillary Clinton, right? She was asked this question, and she said that according to the law, there were no protections afforded to a baby in utero up until birth, up until nine months. Now, yeah. that, that's like a percent, like 1% of all abortion are, are you know, partial birth. It's, I believe it's actually less than 1%. Yeah. Uh, so fair, fairly minimal, Yeah. right? But it seems like there's an inability from people on the pro-choice side to admit or acknowledge what you've acknowledged that, well, actually, no, at a certain point, that's a human and abortion is murder. Up until that point, not the case. 
And I think if we could get there on, on that side to have the pro-choice folks acknowledge, like, no, eventually you're killing another human and we can't allow that. Yeah. And then for the kind of the pro-life side to acknowledge that, hey, when this has four fucking cells, it is not a human being yet. But can we just, can we reference this, right? How, like, it is so fucking outlandish to think, like, day before birth, right? You know how many fucking, like, they went eight months, seven, eight, nine months without giving or with wanting this child, right? How many of these fucking women have walked into a fucking abortion clinic or a doctor's office and been like, kill my fucking baby? I I would say very, very I would say maybe less than 100 in the human existence since Roe versus Wade. Yeah, I would say very, very few. You know, I, I don't have, I've, I've not, it, I've, I've, I'm sure in a manic or depressive state broken up with their, you know, and then they're like, nah, now they're raising it or they gave it up for abortion. Right. I would say, yeah, it's plausible, but is it pot like it's plausible or it's possible, not plausible. Yeah, right. I would agree with that. Yeah. And it's not very fucking likely. And that's what these motherfuckers are thinking is happening. Right. Mm-hmm. These, uh, these insanely driven Christian driven people because that's what I'm going to call them is insane, right? Well, I would say that's actually fair. Yeah. You know, like, if, if, if a person is going to base their... Well, actually, it's fair if that person is basing their belief completely on religious fear mongering of, of any kind. Yeah, and ultimately, it's fear-mongering, right? It's... it's, it's, it's what is it? Uh, radicalist Christians freaking the fuck out in the in, in mass and freaking the fuck out in fellowship saying no there's i know a woman that went to church and she came to the pastor and said that you know that's what's happening in southern baptist and nazarene type christian churches right of that no the pastor's saying that just so he gets his fucking viewpoint across and so that he was he feels like he's saving the world the white knight syndrome right is and that's what these men are doing right so i was at a uh, i was at a protest on sunday sunday morning and we went protest at two of the churches here in lamar's um why they were driving in and things and one man came up to me with his wife and kids in the car he made them get in the car before he came to talk to us he walked up and he's like i just want to say that god loves you and god bless you and god and you know all that you know all that fucking mumbo jumbo that they fucking spew right and he walked away or I, w- I wanted to debate with him and i wanted to talk to him right mm-hmm. i wanted to have a lot i was like why not stand here and talk to me, man? I'm not going to scream at you. I'm not going to punch you. I'm not going to freak the fuck out. I'm going to question your beliefs. I'm going to attack your belief. I'm not going to attack you. There's a difference. 100%. I attack your beliefs all the fucking time. I don't directly attack you. Yeah, that's you, you attack the argument that the person yeah, is making. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's on the person making the assumption and making the statement. And it's on it, the, burn, the, the burden of... The burden of proof is on the person making the statement, right? So this guy made a statement. It's his burden to prove that, to prove that God loves me, right? It's his. Let me let me, uh, let me talk <laughs> on behalf of this guy and prove that God loves you. So. <laughs> no, fuck that. Well, I'm not done yet. Uh, but anyways, it's on. It's the burden of the uh, the accuser, or the the uh, the prove person. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he has to prove it, right? This motherfucker wouldn't even debate with me. He wouldn't talk to me. He just wanted to make his statement clear so he could go home and sleep at night and to make to show his kids and his wife that he was a real man's man and a man of God. Fuck you, bro. Fuck your shitty fucking cul-de-sac haircut and fuck your, like, 
hyper masculine bullshit by not letting your fucking wife because you don't have to get an abortion dude your wife does you know how many of these supreme court justices mistresses are going to be denied fucking abortion rights none of them how many of these fucking uh <laughs> supreme court justices kids are going to be denied abortion rights none of them you know zero um they're all going to be able to have abortions um and what this does is, is it doesn't get rid of abortions what it does is it gets rid of safe, safe abortions. abortions and that's true as well and that's ultimately know? just like drugs just like fucking anything that america or any country bans it gets rid of the safety feature well, and it creates well i would say uh, like threefold so it gets rid of any potential regulatory actions that would make whatever we're talking about safer abortion drugs doesn't matter yeah you know having a regulatory body to make sure you know that whatever you're pumping out is safe or safer it gets rid of the question you it know, just stops it shuts the discussion down yeah but yeah. you know it, it's like it makes abortions not safe it puts money now in the hands of criminals because it creates a, a black market you know it, it immediately creates an illegal market whenever you ban something outright it creates an illegal market and it makes it makes normal law-abiding citizens criminals criminals it, it increases prison rates which america's number one in the world bless up um, well, you know, that being said, it's like most people incarcerated, not criminals. The number of people incarcerated per capita is what we're number one in. You know, the. Um, again, it seems to me that. It, it seems to me that actually most of America is of the opinion that at a certain point, an abortion is murder. Like there is no difference. Yeah. And so I want to touch on the point why we're discussing this too is the 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 most the the smallest number of men I've men or people I would say the smallest number of people whichever stance right is men outraged by this not women outraged men their men don't care men or they care so much that they're like gun to the wall fucking gung ho about it right mm -hmm. but men legitimately outraged i've lost sleep over this cal or uh the one of the people in my life mentioned to me that i was in a bad mood on monday and i was like dude i'm miserable right now i am at my fucking wits end not mm -hmm. because, not just because now I have to find safe places for people in my life to go get abortions and spend money out of my pocket to go help them mm -hmm. and create a safe space for the people in my life. But now I'm also in fear of losing all of my human rights. In fear of losing the right to carry, the right to fucking purchase what I want, when I want, the freedom of that America claims that they're so about, right? That, that's, mm -hmm. a, that's, we're looking at that possibly being taken away from us as a whole not just women not just gay people not just interracial couples not just contraceptives but our human rights that we came to this country to avoid from britain were go are go on the chopping block you know I, I i would agree with you and i'm gonna throw this into the discussion i think this is an example of setting a precedent that has the potential to be very bad. Let's just 
put it that way. That's, yeah. And that's being light about it. Yeah. But now on top of this, two years ago, we were essentially told to lock ourselves in our houses and restricted our freedom of movement to a degree that I, I think is absolutely untenable. And places in the world still are doing that, right? Canada, yeah, say, yeah. being an example. So the idea that our freedoms are in some way permanent or can't be infringed upon because that's a common thing you can't infringe upon my rights well actually every government ever in human history has done exactly that so and will continue to do that yeah i mean that's my issue with government is they they try to build you up they build this foul uh false profit or false comfort of safety and hope and these ideas that we're taught as young kids and that we cling to as adults with every last string of our being is to cling on to this hope in this that oh yeah we're free baby we're fucking free freedom isn't free blah 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 blow it out your fucking ass dude this isn't freedom this is this is a facade this is a farce of what we want to believe is free right like mm -hmm. The, the laws are instituted, right, for us to be free, but nobody's fucking following them. Well, you know, we have, I mean, there's no such thing as complete and total freedom because we have, our, our choices are constrained in, yeah. in all sorts of ways, right? We have biological limiters placed on us. We have socioeconomic limiters placed on us, cultural limiters placed on us. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the idea that we have total freedom is not the case, and it, it can't be the case. Um, oh, ho, but, ho, but, but as far, <laughs> but it, it can't. And I, I would say actually infinite freedom is paralyzing. Too many choices leads to a lack yeah, of being it's able called, to it's called, it's called, um, what was it? I was watching the Colin Kaepernick uh, documentary a few months ago, and it was talking about decision or decision fatigue. Mm -hmm. So as a manager, I go, I've had decision fatigue for eight months now, like constant decision-making, fatigues your brain and sometimes you'll make the wrong i've made the wrong decision in some ways right and i've got my attitude for it but decision fatigue is a, a definite reality and so yes obviously i would agree that ultimate freedom well so the the reason i bring this up that yeah. you know uh, we are that it is impossible for us to be completely free uh, when i hear people make the argument like oh fuck this whole place this place isn't free it's like well no place really is entirely free. And compared to a utopia, we are living in tyranny. Mm -hmm. But compared to actual places in the world that exist currently, like the best things we can compare it to are things that actually exist. Compared to how bad things can be, we really have it wonderfully here. Now, again, before before we talk about, oh, well, we should improve. Yes, we should improve. Absolutely. We are in so agreement So ultimately, there. it is, you would believe that we, we have it wonderful here, but be a woman right now. Well, okay. My twin sister believes we have it wonderful here as well, and she doesn't have a dick. This isn't because I'm a man what, that I think yeah, this. No, but you aren't going through the same oppression that other people are. No, and, and that's fair, too. That's and fair, we can't, too. And, right? like, ultimately. But, no, well, hang on. So yeah, this matters, yeah, yeah. right? The, the ladies who now may have to travel to different states to get an abortion yeah. to form a, a type of oppression. I wouldn't necessarily use that word, but we could go with that. So let's say it's, it's a type. It's, it's definitely oppressive. Well, let's, so let's say it's a type. In the, right? in the black and white, in the black and white definition well, we'll, we'll of oppression. Put it, yeah. and it, we'll put it in that category, yeah. right? So it's a type. Yeah. Now that type of oppression is significantly less tyrannical, less imposing, and less, has an overall, just a, a, a smaller impact on your life than say... So let's being a woman currently this second 
in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Right now, now the, hang on. Yep. The, the reason that this matters is if we don't have accurate things to compare ourselves to, we're going to say throw away anything and everything that's good that we have here because we'll see something like Roe v. Wade and say, we aren't free, it's all bullshit, and throw out the baby with the bathwater, which is what I don't yeah. want to do. Yeah, but also let's go ahead and quantify that a little bit more, right? So a woman here in Iowa going to Minnesota or California or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now be a woman in Alabama or Arkansas, right, where you get mm -hmm. charged with murder for, like the woman gets charged with murder for heck, having an echo topic it's that's 100 percent. yeah yep it's literally happened this woman is sitting for 20 years in prison for something she did not control for an ectopic pregnancy yeah yeah and i i'm that's horrifying that's you tell know. me that isn't oppressive tell me that isn't tyrannical tell me that isn't literally on the cusp of if we if there wasn't media outlets and things showing that that the, that she probably wouldn't have been stoned to death that judge probably would have had her stoned to death if we were in a less progressive well, country. Guaranteed, actually, yeah, that, yep, that yep. would have been stoned but to yeah, death. But yeah, if there wasn't um, the media outlets and uh, a governing body <laughs> above the state, like the federal well, government. You know, and all governments tilt towards tyranny. So we could say tyrannical, right? But the, the argument that I'm trying to make here is... Now imagine we, if we you're live that... In a, we live in a place yeah. where certain things actually work and they actually work well compared to anything humans have tried to do in the past. Um, but there's ways to let's so yeah compare a woman be a woman compare it to Saudi or, or be a man and compare the woman situation to Saudi Arabia now be that same woman compare it to Sweden so in in what context in the context I get six the the that if she in the context of that she can get the abortion in Sweden without any repercussions mm -hmm. and she gets six months leave to deal with it. She gets free mental health care. She uh, mm -hmm. isn't prescribed a, a fucking a medicine cabinet full of drugs uh, of like mind numbing drugs like lithium and trazodone mm -hmm. and tramadol and to deal and is actually helped with her mental health. Right. Just slap his ass a little bit. Um, but yeah, so we can compare we can compare to Saudi Arabia, right? And we're all right, all right, cool, we're not as bad as Saudi Arabia. That is the issue that I have with people on the side that like we have it so good, right? Like that's one issue I have with you is yep, but then you see Saudi Arabia and I'm like, Yeah, cool, we're not Saudi Arabia, but we could be Sweden. We could be France. Well, so in, we could be enough, we could be Canada where they have the health care. Well, so right. Could, we could talk about these different countries, yeah. Man. Like um well, this is an interesting bit, and it's a little bit off topic, but yeah. we could be like Sweden. We could, say, uh, do the most we could to make sure that egalitarian legislation was the forefront of the law, make, basically uh, flattening the social landscape to minimize any socially imposed differences between men and women. Yeah. Right? Well, then you'd have, it's 20 to 1 female nurses in Sweden and 20 to 1 male to female engineers in yeah. Sweden. Right? So now this, uh, the reason I bring this up, is we have a, a dogma going around now that says we need to have equal representation in everything based on immutable characteristics. Yeah. Right? Well, how does that work? How is that even possible if, say, men and women have different interests, which, yeah. generally speaking, they do. Yeah. You know, it's like... But I think I think when that discussion <coughs> is brought, I think when the... The way I look at it is, like, men and women have different view or like interests right but a majority of politicians their interest is politics right so you're looking at representatives and money right money and power yeah money and power but men and women that are seeking politics 
are typically the same interest, right? So you're comparing the woman to the man or the man to the woman that are wanting to get involved. It's the niche community, right? So you're looking at a microscope, not a macro scope scope. You're look, you specifically are looking at a macro scope, right? So you're looking at, well, generally speaking, men and women have different interests, but we're not talking about all men and women. We're talking about, uh, per, or pursuant representatives of the particular county states and government right so why are we not like i specifically look at the two the the representatives on the ballot or what or the 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 incumbent or whatever too right i don't just look at women in general or men in general so you have to look at a microscope on that particular issue Mm -hmm. when it comes to representatives they want equal representatives in the house they want equal representatives on the senate and congress and the supreme court right they don't want but yes well, so let's say like 80 percent of the people that just people that apply to go into politics let's say 80 percent of those people happen to be men then there is going to be an a larger but so see that's we, why you play it yes yeah. yeah exactly you know, correct yeah gender but you can yeah you can't actually have that right but there but like the same issue with the, that we have with uh, it's the same issue we have with uh, affirmative action, right? So, as somebody who uh, is very, very racially biased towards people of color versus white people, mm-hmm. because I prefer those people in my life than white people, because there's not much I can culturally gain from white people, because I've lived a white person's life, right? I tend to reach out and well, discover new so things. This, this is another interesting uh, side uh, caveat. You said that I don't have much to gain from white culture. It's like, well, how about Nordic culture? Well, but I much culture, to, about much to learn. Yes, I've learned a lot of those. So, but the the reason I bring these up is you said white. Yeah. Right. I just listed off three individual cultures that are different from each other, but they all have similar pigment. Yeah. Right. But they all, they uh, all come from a base. They all come from. We can what rip out the Bible, and I can quote you that where where there's a general term of those people, and it's not just the pigment of their skin, right? Because those those. Well, but what does the the way you referred to those people just now as white culture, right? White culture. Right? So white culture. But white doesn't have a culture. There's Scottish. There's Irish. There's French. There's Italian. You know what I mean? Those are all individual cultures, and I don't think those are those are those are countries that right? have their own cultures, but not there's cultures within that country. That's a subset culture within that country. So Nordic culture, right? Or um, people from Norway. Not everybody believes that. That is not the majority standing anymore. The majority standing is... Like like Nordic religion? Yeah, Nordic, like runes and fucking Thor and uh, Osiris. Well, like let's take German people, like the Schlaterhosen or whatever the fuck the clogs they wear are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like that's a a culturally German thing. Yeah, but not everybody fucking does that. It's like like Civil War reenactors, you know? Just because because not everybody, say, is born... uh, Well, in a a culture, just just because not everybody participates in the the overall culture. But it's it's a small, small, small culture, right? Is it not? Would you not say Irish culture, Celtic, Celtic culture, not Irish, because Irish culture is different than Celtic, because Celtic is based in the old ways. Well, I mean, that's essentially Aboriginal more, yeah, Irish. Yeah, yeah, it's Aboriginal, same as Nordic, right? And same as, same as... Uh, but it's interesting that the, the unique divisions amongst cultures, the culture of the French, of the Irish, of the Italian, would be 
grazed over and replaced with white. But we're also taught a lot of that stuff in school and in, mo- in mass media well, growing up well, so in do, my what, era. Does that we have were anything taught to do with, a lot of that, right? I don't know what that has to do with my point of, you know, these are all very individual, unique cultures that we can't lump in a single category unless we wanted to really diminish all those cultures and not really okay. say... Uh, pay lip service or, or do justice to the fact that all these cultures are individually complex and to say, you know, white, there isn't a culture that I can derive from that. It's like, well, yeah, because there's no such thing as say white culture because it's not white. It's you're, Irish. You're, it's you're, Italian. No, it's, no it's white culture is uh, Ford pickup trucks, cowboy boots and beating your wife. That's white culture. <laughs> well, so now let's say we were to flip the skin tone on that. Could you say yeah. that about any other group and it'd be acceptable? No. Yeah, because then we can talk about prejudice versus racism. Well, so what I'm but saying is, but that's a different like, topic. It, I want to say for a different time. Well, it seems like if we can't, well, it, it seems like we shouldn't talk about people like that. We shouldn't generalize people in groups like that and say anything about you know all you know. But that is people a, are this way. It's but like we just I mean, other that. people of co- like pe- other people of color have those same stereotypes within their small their small sex right well we shouldn't do that there either but they do that not us well like that's when they have jokes amongst their own culture that they have that they share with people within their culture that we wouldn't quite understand well, yeah yeah i mean yeah. it's like just but since cultural but jargon. since it is white culture since we have a very similar upbringing not talking about social economic status but just general midwestern like niceties and then we can go to the southern hospitality and then you know what i mean like that's white culture west coast dickheads yeah (laughs) east and west coast fucking hippy dippy fucking or like punchy in the dick yeah i'm saying the gabagool Uh, (laughs) but there is there is italian culture there is there is those people that have those cultures but that is also just history that's also those people's history right that is not their current state in a lot of ways a lot of people have mirrored or not mirrored for lack of a term, copied the American way. Mm-hmm. Germanic, Italian, French, like all those people, like all those other countries, but that's also the blended fabric of America, right? Which is that, something I find beautiful about Yeah, America. I love that, America. It's actually right? very unique to America. Yeah, like not many countries have that, or if, if it does, it's small, it's very large cities with very large, like, Coco, go fuck off. Thank you. She's Down. okay. You need to leave him alone. He's okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> but back at the statement of, I tend to lean more towards people of color is because that, as a white man in America, is not something I get to necessarily experience too often because people are afraid of me in a general sense because I'm white, right? Because of the oppression that their families have faced over years or media has presented for whatever fucking reason, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not a topic I want to get into tonight. But ultimately, those are people that I don't... I have to be granted access to that culture, right? Mm -hmm. um, Like Hispanic culture, What if it's Guatemalan, if it's Honduran, if it's Cuban, if it's Puerto Rican, or if it's Mexican, right? Like... I have to be, I have to pretty much get fucking wise guide into that shit. Mm -hmm. Like this guy's fucking dope. He's not some racist piece of shit. He just wants to actually learn our language, learn our culture because he enjoys Mm -hmm. it and he doesn't want to fucking appropriate it. Right. Well, so I, well, this, this could be an interesting bit about cultural appropriation. I think we've talked a little bit about this. I, I'm of the opinion that it doesn't exist. Um, 
How's that for a, what's the phrase? A, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, ah, it starts with a C. What's that for a controversial statement? Yeah. <laughs> um yeah that's something that uh that i don't have the, i don't have enough years to talk about that well, right so now we've talked a little yeah. bit but let me give you my piece as to why yeah. i don't think you can say it exists what people are talking about when they say cultural appropriation are people being disrespectful of other people's cultures in a nutshell that's what they're talking about right, right? yeah but the definition of it, it, it it's like to take and use in a disrespectful way yeah well so that means the what it means to be disrespectful is a completely subjective definition that every individual could have their own definition of, meaning there's no objective standard for what is or isn't okay. A farce. You, well, but that's just it. How would you know that someone's doing that? They, they wouldn't. Using, using it as... Uh, you have to infer other people's motives to do that. And based on the definition, again, of cultural appropriation, I don't think that we can legitimately say there's any differences between what we say cultural appropriation is and actually learning from each other. So we're in a headdress... During Halloween is in cultural appropriation. I would say it's being culturally insensitive. But it's also appropriating a culture and making a farce of it. Like it isn't important to respect that culture because you're not from that culture. Mm -hmm. No. So again, I would say culturally insensitive, but the definition of cultural appropriation. But it's when, when a person says, Rob, that, you know, it's based on whether or not you're taking it seriously. How can someone know that without inferring motives? So what can I, let me explain this. Okay. So standard wise, cultural appropriation. Okay. Cultural appropriation is based on stigmatisms that we have, or uh, not stigmatisms. Um, stigma? No, not a stigma. Uh, stereotype? Stereotype, right? So it's all based on stereotypes that we deal with in society, right? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, indigenous people for America, right? The indigenous people of America, uh, quote unquote, Native Americans, quote unquote, in whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, they're indigenous people. Yeah. The first people of America, right? The ones that were, are from, from here. Right. So there's a stereotype is that the only type of person you see the, where they, where it stems from is a headdress and a, and religious, that's their religious garb right Mm -hmm. that's like me walking around in a clergyman outfit Mm -hmm. right well so hang on people do that yes people do that all the time and nobody gives a flying fuck if someone because it's a religion not necessarily a culture like something that people are doing as a culture wouldn't that be irish catholic culture if a native american headdress is a religious piece of their culture and i can appropriate that or roman or germanic or like where all white people reside that 2,000 uh, or 2,000 years so or not 2,000. Let's, let's say you, a person wears an upside down Celtic cross. Is that the same thing as a person wearing a Native American headdress? No. Why? Because how long are people, how long are people, that's an upside down Celtic cross isn't what you initially think of when you think of an Irish person. You think of mm-hmm. a leprechaun whiskey. or, yeah, whiskey <laughs> or red hair or, um or the bull or the shit that happened in america when they first landed here from the potato famine right Mm -hmm. that's what you think of when you think of an irishman what do you think of what is the standard stereotype of indigenous people what pops in your head what has western movies done for 40 Uh, or 50 years i would say feathers in the hair yep feathers in the hair on horseback doing a war cry and that is that is Mm -hmm. systematically what we've been taught it's fine. Um, that was, is what we've been to Clarence. 
is what we've been taught as a society is what indigenous people are, right? Mm-hmm. Savages. Well, so, um, but I don't think that that's answers systematic my oppression. What? Oh, the upside down cross. Well, so it's, if if wearing a let's pretend that the native peoples, let's say that the uh, the first persons of America, let's let's call uh, let's say we're talking about the Smurfs now, and the Smurfs are first persons of Smurfville. Yeah. Um, to wear a, a significant religious artifact from the Smurf religion, if done in a way that is a farce, okay, in a disrespectful way, that would be cultural appropriation of the Smurfs culture. Yes. Okay. So if we do that with the first persons of, of America, you appropriate their, say, maybe their headdress or maybe like a sacred style of paint that they would wear yeah, for... Yeah, paint or whatever. You know, yeah, yeah. that would be cultural appropriation, right? Because you're in a flagrant, disrespectful way using another... Based on a stereotype. Based on a stereotype. So cultural appropriation happens based on a stereotype, not on a... Uh, a minute detail from your past okay, or so your history, now, a collective understanding. So what um, what I've just described now, if we were to say you have a, a leprechaun drinking a bottle of whiskey, which is fairly common on St. Patrick's Day, that's fairly disrespectful to Irish folks. I don't see any reason why what I've just described and the other two scenarios with Smurfs and with First Peoples. With How First likely Nation is people. that person Irish, though? And so, wait, hang on, though. Hear okay. me out. The, the, these scenarios I've described, yeah. I've described identical scenarios across three different cultures, two of which are cultural appropriation, one of which is not, but the scenarios are the same. The only difference... You have to define it a little further. That's why I asked the question. Is that person Irish or just... Just some German, some well, but culturally Irish, much culturally, like, much I mean, like say a person who's native. How native are they? Are we really going to go into blood tests and say, oh, you're not Irish enough, or you're not native enough? We're talking about people. Is who that are person Irish? There's not culturally native people. There's indigenous people. Well, actually, one they, of my, it flows one through of my, their bloodline. One of my employees, like he doesn't look like a native dude. Well, that may, but that doesn't native. mean he's not native. But he's culturally native. That's what he would say. Himself, but he, he would, would say, also I, say I he's my... native. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah, because he is native, right? But it's like it's also his culture. He's culturally yeah. native. Like I'm culturally Irish. It but does flow through my blood as well. Yeah, but yeah, there's a same. culture behind it. Yeah. And what I'm saying is these two other scenarios: the Smurf scenario, the first person or first uh, okay. Indigenous people scenario, yeah. and now the Irish scenario. They're the same scenario, just replaced with a particular culture. And it seems to me that cultural appropriation only exists in particular cultures that the beholder decides it can exist in. I believe that it's based on stereotypes, based on years and years of oppression, is where that definitive term, the definitive line draw is drawn, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, Irish people typically you don't see a lot of non-Irish people running around in leprechaun outfits. You do on St. Patrick's Day. I wouldn't say I, we'd see a lot of non-Irish people because I don't. I know, yes, some people celebrate I like St. Patrick's Day, right? That aren't Irish. Obviously, yeah, a lot of people. Everybody's Irish today. They yeah, have that's, that say everybody's that's Irish the thing, today. right? Like that's the thing. It's a, but ultimately, the the but that's also based on a cryptid within your culture, right? In our culture, quote unquote, our culture as Irishmen, right? That it's. A, a non-existent entity right so now let's go so not just the indigenous people of america now let's look at blackface let's look at let, is that culturally appropriation so blackface is a really interesting thing so it's interesting in that the prime minister of canada did this a whole bunch yeah right 
30 years ago, it wasn't thought of across the board. You didn't see people say finding it offensive. Now things change. People found it offensive. No, and I'm again, I'm yeah. not saying people didn't find it offensive, but generally speaking, I found it hella offensive. So what I'm saying is on mass, yeah. when you have someone like the prime minister of Canada doing that, right? That would mean at the time he was doing it, it wasn't, you, you would say, I'm not saying it wasn't bad. Yeah. I'm saying it wasn't thought of as so, bad in the way it is now. My, and that's yeah, yeah, because shifting. Be, yeah, we shift as a culture. We progress as a culture, revert back to whatever, right? But that's that can be for the good, right? People, that I think, right? So, like, this guy did it 30 years ago, right? But you're hearing, you're hearing recants of that from white people. Oh, I'm not saying he did it, so it's okay. I'm saying oh, I know you're he not. did it, it happened, and people didn't think twice about it. White people didn't. And, well, I mean, to yeah, a point. white people didn't. I, let's, I wouldn't, let's clarify. Well, hang, hang on. Are we going to say uniformly all black folks were always pissed when something like that happened? Or I would say, I would say really it was a collective that they weren't okay with it because it's established that a lot of older generation black folk, kind of uh, people of color, were saw that, and it, it either hurt, angered them, or it, the anger stems from hurt, right? So most people I've talked to, right? Um, or can stem from hurt. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. Um, is that they've established, yes, it fucking hurts. Yes, I was angry. But did I do anything about it? Do I voice my opinion about it at that time? No, because it's mm -hmm. shut up, be seen, not heard type shit, right? Mm -hmm. As a marginalized person, as an oppressed person, that's what you're taught. Succumb to the fucking, don't, succumb, like, bend at the knee and shut the fuck up. They're taught that. Where? Constantly within their families. Why would families teach their children that? Because they don't want to lose their children. Because of the years of oppression and uh, constant. So, wait a minute. Systematically. Someone like uh, Thomas Sowell. Right? He's a professor at the Hoover Institute. Okay. And now this guy's a black dude. Right? And he was taught, according to him, right, by his family. You can grow up and be whatever you want to be. Work yep. hard. Yep. Regardless of a person's status as oppressed or not oppressed, that particular thing being taught in families, that, that's something that if a family is saying you're oppressed, you're a victim, you can't succeed, that family is they're incorrect. So can you tell me, so Donald, I've heard you use a lot of people um, from a third-person perspective, right? Like, like Clarence. Uh, from a perspective of, yeah, I heard this guy on a podcast or I heard this guy on a YouTube video or, or something, right? Mm -hmm. But I haven't, very rarely have I heard you say or discuss something from a firsthand account of a black person in your life or a person of color in your life. Mm -hmm. okay. I'm not saying you're so, not surrounded by those. I'm not saying you don't associate well, with those well, people. I'll, I'll give you an example. Then. Yeah. So I want, not, I want real name, life situation. Don't name, have to name the person. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to name names, but he's a good buddy of mine, regular yeah. at the shop. He actually yeah. worked for me for a little bit, but yeah. um, he was having some health struggles at the time, so he wasn't able to. Basically, his eye. Yeah. Yep, yep, exactly right. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, cool good dude. Cat, dude fucking, fucking dope is fun. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. He's a yep. fun motherfucker. But, you know, when, when he talks to me, right, he's told me some horrendous stories. He's absolutely told me some horrendous stories, right? He was working in Vermilion, and, and some stupid motherfucker at his welding shop he worked at uh, had put a note on his locker that said, don't make me Trayvon Martin your ass, or something to that effect, right? It's fucking horrendous, fucking terrible. Like, it makes your fucking blood boil. It's my friend, you know? 
And he's told me shit like that. And it's like, that breaks my heart that this occurs. He doesn't teach his sons that his sons are victims because of that. He teaches his sons, fuck the people like this, associate with good people, and you can do whatever you want to do. You just have to get up and work hard. And that's something that you should be teaching your children, regardless of perceived oppression or not. So what if I told you, um, you A were his boss, right? And his friend. Okay. Um, and he also knows your views. Okay. He knows your views. He knows you're a conservative. He knows you're religious. What if he's code switching for you? You know, it may be that he's code switching, but I, I just don't, uh, I would actually say, I don't believe that to be the case. Okay. From most of the people I've experienced in my life, my ex-girlfriend included, that they... But code switching means you're an effective communicator as well. Yeah, yeah, like, but yeah, you yeah. Know, it, it, let's say he's 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 pa he's making his existence palatable for you so that you think he's one of the good ones, right? That statement has been talked about for many of people of color so that you don't look at him any different because he doesn't want you to perceive him that way, right? Um, that's I'm not saying that's what he's doing, but I'm saying what like that's a very plausible thing because people have told me that in my life. Mm -hmm. people of color have been like dude i've like they're like i wanted you to see me as this this strong you know and uh quote unquote non like stereotypical person of color right mm -hmm. i'm not going to go into details with what color or what right mm -hmm. but i've well he wanted you to see him as a person and not a stereotype yep and so he blended his reality to match what I, my views were until he got to know me better, right? Until they've gotten to know me better. It's been multiple people. And that once they establish that I am going to fucking go to my wits end and that I'm quote-unquote woke or quote-unquote aware or quote-unquote away to the bullshit, right? That I, I just know that people create a reality for people in their per, for mm -hmm. perception reasons right yeah that's fair and yeah i'm not i'm sure he, he does teach his kids to be whatever they can be but i'm also sure he's sitting there with his kids and being like that this is how we handle cops in this family this so is how we, i knew yeah. that was coming next but none of that has none of that saying here's how we handle cops in this family this is a side note my folks actually did that with me they said when you get pulled over both hands on the wheel don't make any yep. sudden moves da, da, da. like that's they actually Same. did that with me Same. right yeah. as parents generally speaking parents should do with their children particularly young men young boys who are yeah. fucking full of testosterone and stupid but um, but i would not do the same with my kid i would oh my god why wouldn't you do that with your kid because i will teach my kid to question and like at that point, you're giving up your rights. No, no, hang on, hang on. Say, saying to your kid, if a cop asks you to search, say no. Yep. If he asks you to step out, you have to acquiesce because then you're directly disobeying. You're uh, disobeying a direct command from the cop. That is an arrestable offense. And if you Depending do that, well, so I, I didn't know that. But yeah. if you do that, right, you say disobey of getting out of the car or showing your license, something like that, because yep. you're pissed off that he's pulling you over. Well. You're setting yourself up for a bad situation. Whereas if you just did the thing and let's say, you know, here's your license. Yep, just no, sorry, give up you can't your search. No, hear just me give out. Give up your rights. Hear me out. Okay. Now you say, no, you can't search. He searches anyway. Are you going to pull his gun and pistol whip him and, and do the, the, no, but you can the movie hero thing? So, so yeah, I'm not done. Okay. So are you going to, you know, pull the gun out and beat him up and say, you can't do that. Or is he going to violate your rights? 
Yeah. Search your vehicle. Yeah. And then you're gonna have to lawyer up and fight him in court in the proper way. Yeah. That's what that's what I plan on teaching my kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Is knowing the law. So none of that is teaching your kid that they're a victim. None of it. Zero. No, but you know the law because ultimately you have become the victim in that point. You become a victim. Right? But, you're not, but you're not teaching your children no, the, that you can't the achieve state because is doing you're that. a victim. The state, no, that's not what... You literally took what I was saying and and brought that statement because we've discussed this in the past, and that is your general this your general idea about victimization, right? No, I, I'm saying the idea that you, you're going to teach someone that they're a victim and it's going to do good things for them is just not the case. It's going to hurt them. Well, and that doesn't that's mean... not what I was this, the, talking about. What I was talking okay. about was how parents treat their kids mm-hmm. in, a, in a person of color's home differently than what our parents teach us mm-hmm. because of the oppression, the systematic oppression. Mm-hmm. It is not... I'm not saying individual oppression. I'm not saying this oppression versus that oppression. I'm saying systematically, people of color are more oppressed. There are, statistically, it's proven. Well, so, you can't and, and deny look, it. I, yeah. I'm not one of those folks, see, that would. I mean, yeah. I, I forget the study that came out, but it, it was something it was by John Hopkins. I forget the university that published the study. Um, but essentially, the study had to do with police violence, police brutality. And what the study had showed was that there was a, it was like a 25% chance, a 25% likelihood or higher likelihood of cops being physical with uh, black or brown folks, right? Now, that's hard numbers that are. Well, those are, they're disparaging facts that we can't avoid and we can't ignore, right? Yeah. You know, and, and that, say, you could say is uh, the remnants of uh, systemic oppression. Maybe it has to do with slavery and cultural attitudes towards people of different races that existed uh, previously in America. Um, like, these are hard problems that exist, and I, I'm, not, I'm not over here of the opinion saying that, you know, everything is the same and that, you know... Uh, as a white dude in America, I don't have certain advantages because of that. I do, but I think one of the main advantages is being looking like the majority. Is if you yeah. if you go to Asia, it's called and, passing. Well, it's, it's like yeah, if you go yeah. to Asia and you're a white guy, well, you don't look like the majority there, so yeah. you may be afforded what, what do they call it uh, passing privilege to use yeah, the passing uh, privileges. Yeah, to use that phrase. That's so my the. Initially going from where we were at before the, so like the cultural appropriation point, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean is that these sy- systemic ideologies and system, like what we've, like everybody has them. The issue is how we react to them, right? Or how we react to them is ultimately within our control. I was taught systematically that a thug a, a criminal looks a certain way growing up, right? Th- through media, through through my teachers, through my family, through everyone, right? Just through general, like, media and culture in my life, right? Now, that's what offsets in your brain, right? So that's that's a triggering, that's a core memory. And then you go forward and you're like, all right, cool, how do I fix, how do I stop the cycle, Right? How do I not initially think that when I'm presented with that particular individual? Mm-hmm. I stop that thought process and I reevaluate the situation. Mm-hmm. And I look and it's moments, right? It's milliseconds that you're doing this because you're, oh my God. Um, and so you continue forward and then that doesn't deem you, that is a racist thought. Okay. It is in the, in the terms, it's a racist thought. Am I a racist? No, because I don't react 
to that but thought like, in I a don't... negative manner. I re- react in a positive manner and I establish going forward, right? So now going mm-hmm. back to cultural appropriation, blackface, uh, headdress during Halloween. Is, is blackface cultural appropriation or is it just plain racist? Both. I, I would go with option two on that. Yeah, I would say it's both because it's it's from the Jim Crow era mm-hmm. where uh, and even going back to slavery of the little knickknacks of obtuse ideologies on what black people look like in comedic versions of it. Yeah, caricatures. Yeah, caricatures, yeah. So that's ultimately what I'm getting at, right? Mm-hmm. I was, I've been searching for the word this whole time. It's a caricature. Cultural appropriation is a caricature of what white media has established and, and fed us down our throats. Now we should say it's an unflattering caricature. Yes, it's an unflattering. Because let's say you, you have, you know... Uh, We'll say picture like a you know an African tribesman warrior. Yep. You know, just a, a peak of a physical performance, fucking like, you know, an Adonis Hercules of a person. You know, it, it's like that also could be a caricature. Yeah. But it's a positive caricature and that one wouldn't be cultural appropriation necessarily, yep, yep. right? So this brings me back to that. Well, sticky... I mean, if you're if you're a white person trying to embody that, that's still cultural appropriation, right? So you're trying to make that culture a part of your fun or your your everyday life, right? Well, so, one or the other. Well, here's an interesting bit. Like, this brings us back to the, the conundrum I have with this whole thing, or with the cultural appropriation bit yeah. anyway, is it really does seem to me that if you go back to the, the Smurf example, well, that would be cultural appropriation to yeah. use their culture. In a, unflattering caricature. Uh, caric- yeah, 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 yeah. An unflattering caricature, that would be cultural appropriation. Well, it would be with the Smurfs. It would be with the First Peoples. But it wouldn't be with Irish folks because that's the, or say, Irish Catholic folks Right, because that's one of the more dominant cultures. Yeah. Right, just across the board. That seems to me to be a completely subjective definition of what isn't isn't cultural so, appropriation. And because of that, I, again, I don't think you can distinguish, say, learning about, um, I forget what it's called, the the tattoos that the Maori uh, indigenous uh, yeah, indigenous yeah, people the use. Tribal, yeah, the yeah. tribal scarring tattoos. Yeah. Like, if, let's say you wanted to to do that, you wanted to learn about it, or maybe you even wanted to incorporate a design into a sleeve. Yeah. Right. Someone could say to you, that's cultural appropriation. It's not your culture to do that with. Yeah. But you would do it with every single intention of being respectful and because you, you thought it was beautiful and you wanted to do it. But, but that also would be cultural appropriation but you're technically. Not, it is, and I fully believe that. And you don't, you don't find those two beliefs to be impossible to hold together and be commensurate? I believe that somebody you, taking something from another culture that they have no, a part, they have no part in, mm-hmm. they have no fucking foot stance, st- like... No, no fucking like grip or reality in just a, part, a culture they're not a part of. Yeah, and taking something that somebody holds truly dear to their heart mm-hmm. and truly a part of what makes them them. Yeah, and to use that as and like a disrespectful joke. Yeah, kind it's, of way, well, even or... not even even disrespectful, but like an admiration. Right, mm-hmm. you're like even if you admire that. Even if you admire the indigenous people of America or admire yeah. um, Asian people. Uh, or you really enjoy, yeah. say, uh, Japanese culture. Yeah, anime, and then you just dress like an anime person all the fucking time, right? Mm, ara, ara. Fucking leaves. Ooh-woo. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we get it, right? But also, like, why? Why are you fucking taking it that far? Well, so... Let's say, well, here's it's actually neurodivergent motherfuckers that are doing it. First I, of all, so I have a, a dashiki that was given to me by a friend of mine, right? Now, I've been yelled at 
saying that, yo, you, that's not your culture. Yeah. First of all, dude was from Africa. Yeah. And he gave me this because I loved, I would always make a comment. I, I didn't know it was called a dashiki at the time, but I loved you his shirt. You fucking idiot. I love the fucking, <laughs> it's a beautifully patterned yeah. shirt. It's amazing. It, you know, and I'm colorblind, right? So I love yeah. like the psychedelic kind of tie-dye yeah, look. Yeah, Because I can actually see the rainbow-ish color. Yeah. You know, I, the individual colors I have a hard time with. Yeah. <laughs> we know. <laughs> it, Imagine trying to explain to this man different fucking lights on things when you're trying to fucking do like audio or video recording on It's things. not possible. It's, it's, uh, I'm just like talking to a fucking wall <laughs> half the time. It's like talking to a wall. <laughs> all the time with him most uh but no yeah i get it right so dashiki right so this this lady said that's not your culture that's cultural appropriation well actually no this was given to me by someone who with this line of thinking you need a gatekeeper to let you into someone's culture i don't think that's true um i, I don't think anybody has a, a monopoly on information i can learn about whatever I yeah want you can about. learn about it but you don't but and acknowledging it right like but to take it as your own is where the line is drawn. Well, so, but wouldn't that be then? I, I don't see any difference between, say, a poorly thought out caricature of an Irish person with, with say, a drinking whiskey with a shamrock. Because a shamrock, right, is actually the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a religious symbol. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's, uh, say, a, a deeply held religious symbol for many people. Someone that would, say, have a shamrock on a beer mug, right? Well, that's cultural appropriation. But, again... The examples I gave prior would be, but I gave the exact same example. The only difference is I swapped out the culture. Now it's not cultural appropriation. That, to me, is not a belief that a person can hold. Uh, I don't think a person can hold that in any degree you, of seriousness. You answered your own You answered that statement previously when you said it's an, it's a majority culture. Oh, but that's just it. There's there's no objective standard. I'm So as, as we're talking about this, right? So I'm trying to pull up a graph. Uh, that a friend of mine had sent to me rec not recently, quite a few years ago, actually, um, on the differences between race and oppression, right? Or not race and oppression, but uh, racism and prejudice. If we're gonna use, if if we're gonna use cultural appropriation uh, to have an objective standard of what it means is actually important. Now, the, the reason I say this I, again, I I don't think we can have meaningful distinctions between what we'll say what you say cultural appropriation is and learning from other cultures. I really don't think we can have a meaningful distinction between those two because the only way to get that meaningful distinction, it really is in the eye of the beholder. You know, did this person approach this with some reverence? Were they being respectful? You know, did they actually want to learn? And if all those boxes are checked, well, then it's not cultural appropriation. Well, the only way to know that is to look into an individual's heart, which just plain can't be done. So... Uh, there is, there is a term of like cultural admiration. So you admire a culture, right? But you don't have to appropriate it in order to admire it. And I feel like some people cross the line in that. And then, but that's the thing when somebody gets called a red, like there's variables, but ultimately it's still cultural appropriation. It doesn't change the fact, right? It's not an opinion. It's a fact. Well, but learning from other cultures then is but also cultural not a, appropriation. Not learning from. Because you're educating yourself. You're not appropriating that well, cult. You're not again, trying to make I, it your own. You're just learning about it. I think we're talking past each other here, or, or maybe I'm not explaining myself well enough. I. All right, so... I mean, that could be it. Yeah, I? so the the point, the what I, the graph I was trying to find was called... It's a, it's a tool that I've used to describe uh, racism versus prejudice, right? So, mm -hmm. it... And since I don't have it in front of me and I'm trying to search for it and I saved the picture years and years and years and years, 
probably eight years ago, ten years ago now, um, that in order to the difference between racism and prejudice because of colloquialism and evolution of thought, evolution of situational like themes, right? There's the there's the Webster's dictionary of each, and then there's yeah, like say discriminatory action or belief. Yeah. Of a person towards a person based on race, which is what I think the correct definition of it is. No, the the, the original definition I remember is, uh, or is thinking that any other race but your own is below you. That would be supremacy, wouldn't it? Racial supremacy? Technically? Yeah, actually, yeah. But I think in the term racist is that your your race is better than other races. Ipso facto. Well, that's race versus prejudice. White folks right? don't have the best food, so we got yeah. a strike right there. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, we fucking suck. Yeah. Uh, no, but in the in the term, so like it it talks about there's a there's a tier system almost, right? And it's like okay, cool. So the the way the di- differentiate, I can never say this word. I never have been able to differentiate. Yeah, that word. Um, between racism and prejudice, and like. And this is how cultural appropriation comes into it, is that in order to have prejudice, so like you can be prejudiced towards anyone, right? You can be prejudiced towards Irish or German or the Jewish people or people of color, right? But only people with a with, with their their race having a position of power in the term of cultural and society, oh, are you able to be racist? I've heard that, that you can't yeah. be racist unless you're in a position of power. Not right. you specifically, but your people, like your your color. So I d- mean, like the, the idea that like, say a, a black dude can't be racist if they were to say something like, uh, you're you know, I hate whitey. Yeah. yeah, so that's not racism, that's prejudice. Mm-hmm. Is how that's how how we have to establish this, right? And once I find this graph, I'll send it to you. And I'll even post it on our Facebook. Um, I, I do know the, the distinction that you're making in it, and this is well, uh, it's a postmodern thought. Yes, and I, I don't agree with it at all. I know you don't, and most and and most people that like to counteract the a lot of things that I discuss or quote unquote bring up the the white the white cultures of society uh will also agree will stand in your corner versus mine right because mm-hmm. they don't want they want to be able to think freely or react freely or discuss freely and not be called a racist right well, but so- there's a lot of there's a lot of power in that term these days but also I'm a very strong believer in there's a scale of racism right mm-hmm. you can say a racist statement and not be a fucking racist and then once you say a racist statement and you acknowledge that it was a racist statement or somebody acknowledges it for you and you correct your statement and you're like that was incorrect I apologize and you do better right so like just like I've had, I was racist in my past. I was sexist in my past. I was transphobic. I was homophobic. All the, all the negatives. I was those mm-hmm. things in my life, right? Mm-hmm. At some point in my life, I was all of those things, and a part of it, I was all of the things at once. But mm-hmm. I am no longer, quote unquote, a racist. I have racist terms come out of my mouth when I'm discussing in the the sense of things but i would not deem myself a racist and a lot of people would not deem me a racist rob i would say anyone that calls you a racist doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about in any sort of sense yep and that's but i have but i have said even in this podcast 
going back and re when I go to edit it, I will be like, wow, that was kind of a racist statement. But then the, it's also like, see, again, I don't actually think you said anything like that. This whole see, discussion, you didn't, but there's people out there that well, and would, and I would can, agree with them, but in I, a I, lot of but, some but, ways. But again, like, I don't think you've given a, a any sort of foundation on why you would agree with those folks because you, you, I mean, you certainly haven't given a, a coherent because I'm definition. in a position, I'm in a position of power as a white man in America, a and, position, a position of privilege and power. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when people want to argue that race doesn't exist in society or blah, 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 or like racism doesn't exist, I laugh in their face and I walk away. Well, racism yeah. obviously exists. That's, yeah. that's not something we'll ever get rid of. I mean, right. if we want to be real with Until ourselves we get rid about of capitalism, it. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. I would say capitalism uh, actually is probably the fuck most, off, no. it's probably um, the most equitable to use that false. ridiculous word. Um, anarchy, uh, uh, anarchy, the reason, the reason anarchy, being is anarchy. you you have to anarchy. Both parties have to be anarchy. cool with it. <laughs> anarchy, um, capitalism, free trade, baby, <laughs> anarchy, baby. Uh, but no, ultimately, yeah, classism. Hey, as long uh, as we can trade when we're having some anarchy. Weird. Capitalism <laughs> literally defines class, and anarchy does not have class. Um, so, definite ipso facto, again with that term, is that. If there is no classes, because there is no socioeconomic status, then you cannot draw lines in the sand. So socioeconomic status could also be thought of as a marker of productivity. And not everybody has just markers of productivity. Let's say you're the, you know, the child of someone very, very wealthy, right, who's been ultra productive. You know, you'll benefit, uh, you'll reap the or benefits of his productivity. Money. Yeah, well, exactly right. You reap the benefits of someone else doing the work. Yeah. Um, Landlords. Um, uh, yeah. Landlords being a job. That's a job. No, it's not. It's taking advantage of a person of a lower class than you that, or made in a, inappropriate financial decisions. Go get a real fucking job. Um, anyways, fun fact: I'm a landlord. Yeah, <laughs> you're a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> eat the rich, baby. See, this is uh, where Robbie, you're gonna. We, you understand? We're opening stores all across this fucking country. You're gonna be eating yourself someday. Yeah. Okay. Good. Longer on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> Except I'm not gonna just give like 10 percent of my my capital or 10 percent of my wealth to one charitable organization that my wife owns, I'm going to give probably 90 to 95% of my wealth away. Uh, same, but to my family. I'm going to do it in uh, random accounts, I've decided in my life. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a I'm gonna gonna start a charity for straight white males. I'm going to give all my <laughs> yeah, shit to pride, them. Yeah, white pride, you piece of shit. <laughs> Fucking so it's so rich, silly. It's yeah, like, straight pride. Fuck well, off. The, the whole like, well, honestly, I feel very similarly about pride. Actually, is for me, it's like this. I can understand the reason being right. If you've been silenced, you want to show that you're here. I get that. Gen legitimately, I get that. Yeah. Right. But to me, it's like you're supposed to be yourself. That's what I expect of you. I expect you to be yourself. So I'm not going to celebrate that you're gay. I don't care that you're gay. I don't care that you're straight. I they're don't not care ask, that you're... They're not asking you or any person to celebrate that they're gay. They're asking... They're, they're not asking. They're just... They're celebrating that they're gay because they've, most of their life, they've been a they've been closeted most of the time, right? Or they've been in a family or they're just celebrating their gayness, man. They're not... They're not I would say... Well, again, so celebrating being gay to me is, is on the same level of celebrating being straight. It's you didn't do anything for it. You don't. What the fuck are you celebrating for? You know what I mean? Except like, you, you don't. You don't get. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Though it's no, like I, I no, do, but I don't. It's like, hey, I love you for who you are. I don't care yeah, what you like to, to do. Like, why should I? Yeah, but that's not the situation. The situation they're celebrating being gay because they're we're literally we just talked about this at the beginning of the podcast that their rights are going to get stripped away from them momentarily. Yeah, Did they, you, they, you as a straight uh, you not. But 
How many straight men have had the fight for the right to get married? It's fair. They still are fighting. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. That's, yep, and so there's that. We're in agreement with that. Yeah, yeah, know. there's that point. Throw that right? out there for the listeners. I, yeah. I am. But this is another thing that's interesting, man. 30 years ago, nobody was for gay marriage, even politicians that say they always were, much like Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Okay, I forget the year. It was 90-something. Yeah. She said, I believe marriage is not only a bond, but a sacred bond between a man and a woman. Then in 2013, said she's always yeah. supported so the Marriage Equality Act. Can we talk but, about something for so a second with hey, that The statement. reason I bring this up, the reason yeah. I bring this up is that generally speaking, Right, a, a very short time ago, it was accepted that it wasn't okay to be gay. That was the, yeah. the, the accepted belief. Yeah. So we're not that far removed from, uh, I would say, despicable behavior being the norm. Okay, can we talk about... So one thing I want to clarify, um, and this is why I'm... the, the uh, To the listeners on my side of the, the spectrum and my left uh, bottom left belief system... Uh, in all things, uh, the reason I associate with people like Donald and I'm friends with Donald, um, is because of my big dick energy. Yeah, no, it's, uh, a, because we have a working relationship and B because I'm a firm believer that everybody's allowed to evolve, that we're all allowed to grow away from the belief in the statements that we've made in the past. Me walking around my high school as a, culture not culturally but racial racial jew in the past didn't know it at the time walking down the halls of my high school doing a heil hitler thing with my hand as a high school student now it's ironic donald knows how proud of a jew i am he's a very proud jew i don't i'm very proud of my ancestry and i'm proud of my people for going through the oppression that we have Knowing in and you know how long I've fought and how disgusted I was with my behavior, but look at me now. Yeah, I am. We are allowed to evolve, and that's why I have these conversations, and that's why you accept me. For me, is because I'm not a quote unquote liberal. Well, I'm, like Robbie, you, you know, you're a person that we can have these conversations, and I can tell you things that are fairly reasonable and, and a good majority of Americans would agree with. Yeah. Right. Without being called terrible names. The fact of the matter is, man, like when I get called, say, uh, a transphobe for saying that, well, no, Leah Thomas shouldn't be swimming in the NCAA division. She's swimming in. I notice how I say she. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe that Leah Thomas should be swimming in that division. Now, many people are on this same train of thinking or what would you say in my respective aisle? Yep. But I don't hate trans people. Not but even close. I'm not scared of trans people. And that statement, again, you know, for someone to throw insults out when something like that is said and say you are, you could say a bigot, just a, the umbrella term is a bigot. You know, you are the worst thing you can be in this time. Which, which I would say is bigot, right? That's the worst thing you can call someone today. Uh, I would say a Catholic, but... <laughs> uh, amen. <laughs> uh, uh, preach. But no, so that's... I don't hold... So when these people use this term bigot, right? On the left, uh, I say left very loosely. Um, these people use that term, right? And it's it's meant to... It's, it's a power word, right? They... Uh, put a lot of power to that word and so does society when somebody says that when i call you a bigot i mean you're having bigoted tendencies but you're 
to you're not in your core a bigot necessarily right and most most often than not you're not um that's a bigoted statement or that's a bigoted belief or that's a bigoted idea like i'm and unless you're walking around with ss fucking bolts on your neck bolts on your fucking not even on your neck because i get uh race assimilation in prison like i get that like as somebody who was facing a lot of life like a long fucking life not a life sentence but 15 years i was facing um i if you think for a second i'm not going to click up and protect my livelihood or yeah protect your life and for that time period it's a different world it's a it's on a different plane of existence so i don't shame anybody for for doing that in prison but i also if you're rocking that fucking look and that fucking belief on the outs fuck you bro so interesting catch me in a fucking dark alley and you'll end up with a fucking brick upside your head so this is an interesting thing that speaks to the complexity of human beings so there's this old school mafioso his name is sammy the bull gravano and he has a YouTube channel, right? Yep, where he just yep. tells mob stories. Yep. And it's like, this guy grew up in a time where racist beliefs were the norm. I don't believe that's the case now, right? But he grew up in a time where it, it was just accepted that, you know, like, oh, I don't like black folks. You know, that you drop the, the N-word in a social gathering inside of a restaurant. You're not, you don't, it's not a scene. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you're in, in his uh, scenario, chances are, you know, they would be using that, uh, that word in in a way that you know you're trying to hurt somebody you're, yeah. you know you're throwing it out like a like a knife you're trying to hurt someone yeah. with it um so he uh went to prison you know and while in prison um you know like basically linked up with everybody right because he's this old school mafia guy and there's like admiration for mafia people in the well in american culture then the prison's no exception uh but he had linked up with the aryan brotherhood the avs right and he wasn't, like, linked up, like, you know, part of that. He's a, a mafia guy. He's in Cosa Nostra. That's his gang in the prison. Yeah. Um, but they had said, you know, Sammy, you know, we, we like you. We fuck with you. You're not one of us. You're not an AB, you know, but we, uh, we respect you. We respect yeah. what you've done. You know, you're a mafia guy, and we respect that. Uh-huh. Um, and he had said one of, like, the fucking, uh, I don't know, one of the head dick bags <laughs> had said to him, you know, I, I ran it up the chain of command, a fucking sleazebag command, right? Yeah. Just a bunch of inbreds. But, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, there it is. There's the truth. You know, uh, but like they said, you know, I, I ran it up the chain of command, blah, blah, blah. You're not one of us. But, you know, if you want to get this uh, tattoo of Odin, right, as a, Basically, we want to present you with this opportunity as a show of respect to you. Yeah. He got this tattoo. Yeah. Right? Now, this tattoo is a fucking Aryan Brotherhood tattoo. What the fuck? But Sammy the Bull, this guy, he's not racist. He doesn't have any problems with Jewish folks, black folks. He's worked with all these people. Right? But he got this tattoo as like a show of... I'm clicked up. Like, not clicked up as much as it was a big deal that they are allowing him to wear it. Yeah. And for them to offer that, that's a big deal. So he got it as like a, I respect that you offered this to me, even though I don't line up with your beliefs. Yeah. Talk about a complex fucking situation. Yeah, right. So ultimately... Like he has a tattoo from the fucking Aryan Brotherhood, but he actually doesn't have any problems with, with yeah. Jewish folks or black folks well, or Mexican I've, folks. I've, but yeah, it's just fucking wild. It's complicated. Yep. And so typically that's when... That's when whispers happen, right? So, like, I'll explain it this way. In my social settings and my social circles from where I used to come from is that typically we see that 
we listen to the discussions, we listen to the talk, we listen to the mannerisms, we pay attention, right? I'm a very detail-oriented person in social gatherings and settings, bars, meetings, everything. I pay attention um, strictly because I want to know your body language and the way you talk is going to give you away a thousand times. Mm -hmm. 70% of our communication is nonverbal. Yep, and so I pay attention to that shit so I know what the fuck's about to happen, right? Not paranoia, just tried and true methods homie like oh, yeah, it's body language the same thing yeah and like Reading i will never get rid of anything this this process in my head when i walk into a new room i look for the exits and that's it like i look to see where exits are typically when i sit down in a restaurant my back is towards uh my the front of me is faced towards the exit the main exit and entrance right so like i sit down in a restaurant there's one entrance coming in i'm facing that entrance just because i don't like you know, and I typically don't sit where the servers and shit come in and out of. Um, but yeah, so they, these are things that I've, uh, these are behaviors I've learned over the years of being a criminal and a fucking con. And even though I'm not a con anymore, um, was bad boy now good boy. Good boy, Robbie, as our as our king would say. Um, Shouts out to Papa Flames. Papa Flames, this one's for you always. Um, but yeah, it's just fucked, right? So I use the term racist as typically I describe the situation or the idea or the, the statement. I don't describe the person unless there's constant reassurance in that statement, right? Or constant behaviors that I that they acknowledge or that they, or that, that, not that they acknowledge, but things that they do that I pay attention to. And I'm like, well, that's a racist motherfucker, right? Like, that dude's walking around with SS bolts on his chest saying the N-word every chance he gets when yeah, he's that, drunk. Yeah, that's a dead giveaway. Yeah, like, right? Like, <laughs> could give you a couple hints um, there. Or, but, like, <coughs> I that one discussion we had about the swimmer, and I said, that's transphobic. And I was like, you're being transphobic right now. I didn't say, you, like, I might have said you're if, if I If I recall, you called me a transphobe yeah. specifically. Yeah, good. You stand by that? Yeah. Um, I would say you have trans transphobic ideologies. Ooh, let me put. Well, I actually, I wouldn't say I even have an ideology. Not, a, not an ideology, but uh, your ideas about trans people are transphobic in nature. Um, to clarify the statement, I'm I, not saying you're afraid of trans. Do you say those particular beliefs are transphobic? But transphobic isn't just the, the fear of it anymore, right? Those terms aren't the fear. It's not necessarily a hatred. It's Saying you have prejudice, a prejudice or an idea, your those ideas um, are prejudice or oppressive to people that are trans. So if I wanted to use like the lexicon of words, the left likes, and I use the term loosely, yeah. But uh, if I were to use, say, their phrases, I would say, no, I'm not transphobic. I care about protecting women, and folks who want to allow men to compete with women in athletics are actually misogynistic. So you know what that term is called. It's called a turf trans exclusive radical, radical feminist. feminist. Yeah, yep. trans exclusive. Unfortunately, yeah, feminist. yeah. Unfortunately, J.K. Rowling is one, and I didn't find out about that term. She, uh, J.K. Rowling, if memory serves, what she said was that I, I believe that men don't get periods, which they don't. No, what she said was she said that it, ultimately what it boiled down to is they don't get to fight the same. They don't have to fight the same fight we do as a cis female is what she established further down the road so that they can't argue like you don't, this isn't your battle. Stay the fuck out of it mm -hmm. pretty much for what it likes. So if I were to just say something like that, right. 
um, is like, this isn't your fucking I, battle. Actually, Stay I'm the gonna, fuck out of it. I'm going to see if I can look it up because I believe what she said, to be honest with you, bro. And the, the reason I can actually, I'm pretty sure I remember initial, it, given my bad memory. The initial statement? It was fairly or? innocuous. I believe it was something like men don't get periods or men don't menstruate. It, it was something to that effect. Um, here we like, go. It was like a tweet that she a said. Complete that, breakdown. So this is from Glamour.com. I'm sure I'm, I'm not going to reference people who menstruate. I'm sure you they're used a word for those people. Someone help me out. Wombin, Wimpond, opinion, creating a more equal post COVID-19 world for people who menstruate. All right. People who menstruate also yeah. known as women. Yep. If sex isn't real, there's no same sex marriage attraction. If sex isn't real, the livid, the lived reality of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. And that's why they're called exclusive, right? Trans exclusive radical feminists. So the idea that women like me who have been empathetic to trans people for decades, feeling kinship because they're vulnerable in the same way as women, i.e. to male violence, hate trans people, think sex is real and has lived consequences is a nonsense. Um, but it goes on and on and on and on, right? So, so it's, there's one more. I respect every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd march with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it is hateful to say so. I would agree with everything she's just said. And I think it's actually pretty reasonable. I, be, I, I mean, so. what's, what's unreasonable about what she said? Like, what specifically did she she's say that makes you go, Ugh. She's excluding people who yeah. are now dealing with those same oppressions. Okay. Uh, well, so should we exclude, say, like, men for Clarence? Hey, relax, buddy. Should we exclude men from women's prisons? Right? It's, we have prisons. They're based on the categories of prisons that we can send people to are based on physical sex gender. traits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, not gender. They're based on sex. Yeah, but you can also... Because gender, you might think of gender as it's an expression of sex. So it, it's also... See, when we start discussing things like that, like like when we start getting into that, it's very state or county or city driven or state. Yeah, well, it's no, very so, state driven, um, like right? Gender, so federal penitentiaries are also... Uh, they'll accept post-op trans people, top surgery, um, and some won't so, and some do. It's... I don't have a list in front of me to reference because we're not that put together. Clarence, and if you guys haven't established that we are all over the place with this with this podcast, so like... And if I may, I, I do want to try and dial it in as we go about this, but this yeah. is something that for the listeners, if you've made it this far, we appreciate it, number one. Number two, this is, a, this is the process of thinking in real time. So we're going to say things that we're going to stumble upon. We're going to say things that say some people may want to uh, cancel us over. We're going to say things that put our foot directly in our mouth at times. Sometimes we'll tickle our uvula with the back of our toes. Yeah. Right? This is the process of thinking in real time, and thinking is messy. This isn't scripted. This isn't, this isn't we have bullet points that we want to discuss, but ultimately we are not these are our preconceived notions about the situations we're discussing. This isn't evol like we're evolving our ideas as we discuss. We're not, we're not yeah. fucking sitting here reading from a fucking iPad. Well, exactly right. Trying to further each other's thinking by speaking with people who, well, essentially are disagree on a, on a, a good many things like Rob and I, you know, I would, I would say I'm, 
closer to a, a Republican than than I am to a, a Democrat. You know, I don't I don't claim the title Republican, but I, I believe in conservative governance, limited government, I, uh, conservative governance, conservative governance principles, limited government, low taxes, maximum freedom. Um, just to put it simply, and I and I'm You're a, a yeah. quote unquote liberal by many people's ideas, but I'm far from a liberal. I I don't like liberals believe that uh, expansive government. I believe in liberal ideas. I believe in liberal liberal ways of going about liberal things. principles. Yeah, like freedom. L- yeah, I believe in freedom to exist without anybody telling me how to. Um. And that's ultimate. I am an anarchist. I am as far bottom left as you can get. I believe ACAB. I believe in anarchy. I believe. That could be a good one. You think all cops are bastards? Right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, what 100%. Doctors? What about ADAB? Huh? What about ADAB? No, doctors are chill. All oh, doctors are bastards. Why? More doctors kill people than cops every year. In malpractice suits? Mm-hmm. It's, I'm pretty sure it's like 250,000 people die per year from medical mishaps. Well, medical mishaps, right? So uh, I, should say, I should say malpractice from yeah. shit being done incorrectly yeah. while at the hospital. Um, Not deliberately pulling a trigger and putting a 9 millimeter bullet through somebody's head or leaning on somebody's throat. No, but the effects seem to be worse, right? Uh, more, more people die. And uh, let's, I want to reference that, actually. I'm going to pull this up in real time because I'm actually super curious about that. I'm fairly certain it was like 250,000. Because it was some, if memory serves, it was like half the number of people um, that get killed from smoking, which is like, it's like 500,000 a year yeah. globally or something like that. Um, medical errors kill, well, this is just published. So the re- the site I'm using is National Library of Medicine, National Center for Biotechnology Information, PubMed Central. Um, this was published, I think this was published December 11th, 1999. Um, so, fuck that, because nobody well, so reported what, cops deaths. But what's, now, it, what's uh, it say, though? I'm curious so it to says medical errors kill almost... So medical errors could mean a vast majority of things, right? Who knows what it actually yeah. does mean. Yeah, like if a doctor like or an anesthesiologist or somebody miss or somebody fucking just died on the table before they could pull the fucking bullet out of his chest, right? 100,000. Okay, so I, I overshot it. Yeah. Um now So medical errors is a very blanketed term, so that's kind of rough. So now, like, malpractice suits per year? Let's look that up. Because this is something. Because this is more, like, directed at the doctor. An average of 20,000 medical malpractice lawsuits are filed each year. But that's not killing somebody, right? That is. The fuck was that? Um. Something heavy just rolled by. You might hear it in the clip. Um, but malpractice could just mean that they didn't administer the right amount of ibuprofen and didn't kill somebody, too. You know what I mean? Or they prescribed him, or the, the fucking plastic so, surgeon went too small on their tits and not big enough. You let, know what I mean? Let me see if I think I know what you're actually saying when you say all cops are bastards. Because I don't think you believe that, because that's just fucking plausibly, that, that is insane. In, in any logical sense, because you can't attribute, say, a profession and say every single thing in this profession is terrible and evil and wrong, right? Is what you're saying there are serious problems in law enforcement? There are serious problems in the way law enforcement conducts themselves with the average person, generally speaking. There's a uh, racial bias in law enforcement towards people of color, particularly uh, black folks. 
and that these problems are rampant. They have persisted essentially the entire time we've had any sort of civilized country in America, for the, the entirety of America, and that we need to correct these problems. And that is all in the statement, all cops are bastards. Now I'm giving you some random No, Do they just all suck? All right. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to pause the answer, and I'm going to ask you a question in return. Mm-hmm. Um, Socratic method, I like that. Yep, yep. So the initial the initial question, right? Um, now to base off that question, why are all crimes... What is what is what is the um, what is the one common denominator in all uh, results from a uh, a crime, right? In in court, right? What's the one thing that everybody get? No matter what you've been charged with, what is the one thing that you get sentenced to? Court fees, paying fines, money. Yeah, yeah, paying fines. Yep. So. The only thing that's illegal in this country is being poor. And what a fine means legal for a price. And if you choose to sign up for that, if you choose knowing damn well, you sit six months to nine months to a year and a half, whatever. I think the longest thing I've ever read uh, in reference to police training is a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you spend a year and a half trying to, quote unquote protect and serve uh defend your states or cities ordinances and constitutions why it's a classist it's a class it's it is the definition of classist oppression right the definition because a 500 or a 780 uh no insurance ticket means nothing to a person like well it'd be kind of detrimental right to me right now but Sam, our boss, or Sam, somebody who's a business owner and $780, right? An affluent, more affluent person than I. $780 ain't shit. To a person that that's chump change. Yeah. And then now say that to me six, a year and a half ago, where that would have killed me. I would have been homeless. I would have been foodless. I would have been jobless because I wouldn't have been able to pay gas, right? So it's a very classist thing. Um, Now, cops choose this way. This is a profession. There are no blue lives. The blue lives do not exist. A profession is not a life. It is a way of life, right? It's a way to live. It is not your existence. Now, the fraternal brotherhood of cops. It's like a false equivalency when they say blue lives. Yes, yeah, yep. the, the black lives yep, matter. Yep. It's, yeah. it's literally they did it to compete with uh, Michael Brown. Um that's that was hands up, don't shoot. Yeah. Yep. That was hands up, uh, and I can't breathe. Yeah. Yep. So we were all wa- there because those were his final words. We're like, I can't breathe, and hands up, don't shoot. That was Tavon Martin. Was hands up, don't shoot, or yeah. Yep. And then I can breathe was the cops in that city were walking around t-shirts wearing that. So I'm a firm believer, right? We've discussed this in the past podcast, and we've discussed this in social gatherings and through our manager group chat and phone calls that. The only way evil takes a foothold in society is by good men allowing it to happen, yeah, right? Yeah. That's the only way. So a good cop will lay down the badge and the gun and walk the fuck away, which that means he is no longer a cop. So he is a good person because you cannot fight that alone. Look at all of these so, cops. So to steal man that if a, if a good cop had any integrity, he would lay down his badge and walk away because the system is so rotten that 
you know, from the inside, this person could do nothing. It's, it's the, the, the system itself is rotten. It's not just the men within the no, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The system, the is, system rotten. is rotten. The, the police force is a paramilitary uh, extension of the the city justices, and it, it is mm-hmm. obtusely overstretching its bounds, I, right? I, I can kind of agree with that to a point. So To a point. I so, feel like if our guy's on the streets, because I actually I respect police. Like, I'm genuinely appreciative of police. I'm far from it. Now, the reason I'm genuinely appreciative is if something goes wrong at the store, right, they, they're there first. Those are the people that go in first. I'm not willing to do that to help a stranger. Now, granted, not all cops are those type of people that just want to help strangers. Yeah. So I'll, I'll no. make that known. We know yeah. that to be true. Yeah. Um, but I am genuinely appreciative of folks willing to go in first, cops, military, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it seems to me the statement, all cops are bastards, just really doesn't, uh, well, we talk about progress, and it seems to me to be regressive. It seems to me not to do anything other than pollute an already muddy conversation with, I mean, complete irrationality. So the rational thought process behind that is... Oh, I know a good cop. I know a good person. So a friend of mine's dad is a cop. Sergeant. Uh, freshman year of high school, he was my liaison officer. I play paintball with the man. I've been to his house, or I haven't been to his house. He's been to my studio. He's been, I went to his son's. Uh, oh, no shit. Yeah. Yep. yeah it's so sad. Um, the minute that man puts his uniform on, he is he is my enemy. That's interesting. I, I feel like <clears throat> I should never have to fear. So tell me why 99% of people, when a cop pulls up behind them, they have fear in their heart. Um, to be honest with you, I, I, I think that's another complicated question. Um, I that, have I That have, is a job. I have a complicated answer. Okay. You remember the feeling of going to the principal's office as a kid? Oh, I loved going to the principal's office. Uh, you're a weirdo. I was. But, I've beat that, that because I got to argue my, I, I got to do litigation for my, I always wanted. I wanted to be a lawyer most of my childhood, um, because I love studying law and I love arguing and I love research. Hence I love the podcast. Do, yeah, I love doing research and things like that. So, like all of those facets, I would have been a lawyer in a different life if I would have been financially more sound and I wasn't too busy smoking pot and uh, and yeah, fucking, say if you'd have made different choices. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. a different life and Pers- personal responsibility. Well, or or if I came from a different family, um. That's true enough. So, oh, also, fun fact about me, when my mom was pregnant by my 37-year-old biological father and she was 17, I am a product of statutory rape and pedophilia. Um, My great uncle, my mom's uncle, offered to raise me. And this man created, was, uh, was uh, extremely a huge point in the designing of the Boeing bomber. Hmm. The stealth bomber. Yeah. He helped design the Boeing bomber. That's cool. So if I would have, my mom in her infinite meth wisdom would have said, yes, raise my son. You would not be looking at the same man you are today because I would have came from money at that point. I would have had a childhood that, I would have known my mother probably because obviously it's my grandmother's, like his sister's daughter, and I would have been brought to family functions and things like that. See, now Clarence is yelling at our neighbors instead of us. <laughs> huh. Um, But so 
which I don't know where I stand on that. You know what I mean? What happened with that? But let me go get this dog. He should not be yelling at my neighbors. Clarence? Clarence! So we have Robbie going to wrangle the dogs here and uh, try to get them quieter. <laughs> um, the initial problem I have with the, the over, overly simplistic rhetoric of all cops are bastards, I'm explaining to our listeners kind of my problem with the overly simplistic rhetoric of all cops are bastards, is if what a person is trying to say is the system is so rotten that it needs complete and total reform, then that's what that... That, that's what should be said because all cops are bastards does not mean the system needs reform and we need to improve it. And da, 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 da. It means the individual people that are in those uniforms are bad people. That's what that means. So, you know, I can bring up statistics after statistics saying that the police had do more harm than good more often than not, right? So, so well, I, I, I wonder in what context. Minneapolis 40% really- of cops or 40% of somebody in a cop's household has domestic violence brought against them 40 percent 40 percent i say again 40 percent 40 percent of people involved in a cop's life live within a cop's home or dating a cop get domestic, or married get abused uh, yep, by yep, police but not reported not necessarily reported but there has been a claim there's a higher higher rates of domestic abuse among, amongst police officers yep well for whatever reason that mental health like the, the the traumas from the job or whatever, right? Well, and to say, yeah. I mean, well, I have some friends of mine who are police, and a couple of them I wrestled with. One I wrestled with in high school. One I wrestled with in college. And you know, I I told both of them actually to get out of law enforcement because of undue hatred that they received for being a part of it. Because mm-hmm. both of these men literally just want to make the places they live, and I I, I say places they live because I think the word community is overused. But yeah, they legitimately want to make the places they live better yep so let me let me explain this okay so yes that is a great thing right they want to make their but what are they doing they're arresting homeless people they're mm-hmm. putting homeless well, people in a jail cell well, so creating let's, let's, creating the the, the diminished factor well, we certainly of, could talk about the homeless scenario right it's like no no no. let's continue on this topic right let's continue going down the a cab statement and the, that's a different topic well, so i wouldn't say you say what are they doing right well they're arresting homeless people well if a homeless person is say causing problems at my business and won't leave, what if he's just homeless because that's a thing does do, well i as a business owner operator do i have to allow that person to say be in my store what if that person's shopping and then no and that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about say homeless problems to say that exist in colorado right now yeah that i have like a fun story uh, a customer of mine uh, moved out to Colorado, and he was managing a dog hotel. And they have uh, well, some uh, pretty gnarly, a pretty gnarly homeless problem. Yeah. Right now, this guy was high on drugs, causing problems in front of the store, not shopping, but out of his mind on substances. And then when asked to leave multiple times, he didn't, and he returned with a blowtorch, right? It, like he was going to burn down this fucking giant building with a little blowtorch. <laughs> yeah. Could happen, right? You so start what fire, if, fire grows. Yep. But... Uh, you know, when you say, like, oh, what are they doing arresting homeless people? Like, yeah, that guy should be arrested. Well, they're not arresting a homeless person at that. Well, yeah, that's one of his one of his bullet points is he's homeless, right? But ultimately, he's creating a disturbance. Mm-hmm. So he's not a homeless person at that point. He's, he's a criminal at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's committing. But it's illegal in some places to just be homeless. 
to just exist, right? Lawyer, sitting on a park bench reading the paper, being homeless is not a crime. That's not, that's not, it's all that's doing is driving down property prices because people are fucking douchebags, right? Um, but so fun fact about why I bring, why I brought up homeless people is mutual friend of mine, uh, or a mutual guy I know between me and my business partner for the studio, his friend was a police officer. Okay. His superior officer on duty that night, his partner told him to arrest a homeless man. Yeah. For no reason, except for being homeless. You know what he did? Hmm. Laid down his gun and his badge. He got back to the station that he didn't arrest him, made his commanding officer who was in in charge of the squad car, drive him back to the office, and he quit. So that is a good cop. Is he a good cop or is he a coward? Now hear me out. Yeah. This guy, his superior officer, was arresting a homeless man for existing, right? Now your friend thinks he did the valiant thing by saying, I'm going to throw my hands up and walk away. But really, he was in a position to actually do something, and he chose not to, and then says he's virtuous for it. I say no. He he quit a job that went against his morals. Instead of being in a position where that's illegal, right? If it's illegal to, let's say, if it's against the law for that cop to arrest the guy for just existing, just being homeless. Yeah. You know, that's an, an order that he can lawfully refuse. And then in his position, being a person in the department... Doesn't it make sense that if he really wanted to enact a positive change, he would maybe bring that to a position of, of bring that complaint about a superior officer to a, you might say, well, police unions might get in the way of this, but to some institution that internal would, affairs uh, would do something about it. So internal affairs and, instead of just saying, ex-cops. oh fuck it, I quit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a, so typically when you file a um, as a cop within the department and you file a complaint, it goes to internal affairs. What are, who are internal affair officers? Well, it's other cops. Yeah. Well, no, so I, I don't necessarily think that in and of itself is a see nothing will ever happen, right? I think. No, if, but it's a fraternity. Well, I would say it's definitely a problem, but, it, you know, is it like, well, it's kind of like teachers unions, man. You can't fire shitty teachers because they have tenure. Same with cops, right? Yeah, yeah. You have cops that do bad things. They get removed from the department, then they get money for bail, they get relocated but all of by this, the yeah, unions. Or they get rehired five years later, like Thad, whatever, in fucking Sioux City did. I, I'm not familiar. Yeah, so this guy beat the shit out of a woman of color on the hood of his car. He, like, just beat the shit out of her because he was, she was screaming at the person that was across the way to call the lawyer. I don't remember, but there was a YouTube video. It made, the long and short, this lady yeah. got beat up by a cop for no good reason. Yeah, and there was it made national news. Yeah. The guy got fired. Five years later, was back on the force. Was back on the Sioux City Police Force. Mm, yeah, see, that's a problem. In the same position. With a pay raise. See, that's a problem. Wouldn't that be something, Robbie, if we could just beat up our customers? Because essentially, the you know the lady that he beat up is his customer, right? Taxpayer yeah. paying for his salary. Wouldn't that be something if we could just beat up the customers? And then keep our jobs. And get a raise. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Flames, new business idea. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> but that's what I mean is, like, you can't. The good, the bad outweighs the good in this every time. So uh, bad things happen when good men stand by and do nothing. Yes, your cop friend so is now, a good man who stood by and now, did nothing. When you report said thing, right? So you go and report, right? Mm-hmm. Then you get outlanded because blue's going against blue, right? You see it all the time on fucking cop shows, mm-hmm. like 
you can't report a dirty cop because you're going against your partner. That's your spot. That dude has your back. That dude d- decides the, if you get shot in the head or not. You know what I mean? Well, it's the culture of people taking care of their own. It, it's kind of like if I, you know, a customer tribalism comes to me is what it is. It's just tribalism. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a human condition, yeah. man. We have some of that. You know, like if a customer comes to me, Robbie, and starts saying shit about you, like, oh, you know, Robbie, he's this bad guy. I'm gonna go. Mm, no, he's not. You probably, uh, to be honest, you probably was a miscommunication. Here, let me call. Let me FaceTime him right now and you can tell him yeah. <laughs> that's what me and Jaden do with each other if oh, somebody really? bitches about me or bitches about alex i'm like yo what did he do yeah he's a grumpy old bitch he's fucking working two jobs but also like why was why do you feel like he was a dick because he didn't bend over fucking backwards for you because you're such an entitled piece of shit that you think we're lower than you class citizens because we operate a shop because we're retail people or what if he was bad let me pull up the camera and watch and I'll pull up the camera and watch it with him. I'm like, hmm, you were kind of disrespectful to my employee. Let's not do that anymore, okay? Type shit, right? And then, oh, yeah, he's a fucking douchebag. I'll talk to him, you know, when shit like that happens. Yeah. And so, like, when some customers have brought it up about Alex that he's kind of short and quiet and he looks fucking tired and grumpy, I'll be like, yeah, he works two jobs. <laughs> he is tired and grumpy. He's short yeah. and tired. Yeah, he is, <laughs> he is tired and grumpy. He works two jobs, but I'll talk to him again, right? And so, like, sorry about that. So what can I do for you? Or people that have said that I was going to fight them or whatever to Jaden. Jaden calls me, and he's like, yo, what's this about? And I was like, fuck that guy. He's taking photos. He's FaceTiming people without permission in a headshot. You don't do that. Yeah. That's common culture is you do not whip your phone out in a fucking headshot without permission, right? You can make a phone call, but also, like... I would say, if you're going up filming pieces, like, we have a rule, kind of a slapstick rule in Verm, where uh, you can take any picture you want, but a staff member has to be in the shot. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, I also, when people are on FaceTime, and they're just walking around, like, I'm like, what are you doing? And then I explained to them why it's a bad idea, right? I was like, why are you... I was like, in my eyes as a shop manager... I see you. I see my competitor filming my stuff. Yeah, I see. I see recognizant. I see you literally getting the scoop on my shit, and then you're stealing money from me. Is what you're doing at that point. So, are you stealing money from me? Oh no, 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 no! I was just showing my. Why are you recording? Why? You know what the internet is, right? There's plenty of fucking videos on the internet that can show shit. Have your friend come in. Come hang out. It's a lot cooler in here than through a phone. Yeah. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a dick about it. But there's yeah. a way to handle it, man. But I'm a, I'm just a dick about shit in general. Just to be, but I'm not a dick. So like, I'm a dick about things, but I'm not a dick because I want them to know, without a doubt, in their fucking head, how important it is. Why I'm saying this? I'm not gonna waste my time and bullshit with you over something small and menial. If it's important, I'm going to be stern and solid and deliberate with my vocabulary and the tone of my voice so i, I would say i do something similar i i like to think i think i think before i speak at least i try to <laughs> but uh well you know an interesting uh conversation this kind of you could melt it into cultural appropriation and then subjective definitions of things but i had a old employee of mine and i won't name names but basically this gal uh said that you know he had made a racist remark to her and I'm I'm thinking like what that doesn't sound like my man here like this guy's just the most like you know milk toast fucking softy liberal guy ever 
Yeah. And just, just a sweetheart. I mean, just a sweetheart of a man. Right. And, uh, you know, had, uh, he had made a comment. I forget what it was. You know, she had said, Oh, your cabinet's open. And he goes, Oh, we trust you. You wouldn't steal from us anyway. You know, and that, that was it. That was the whole thing. And she, you know, thought he was making a racial comment to her. So she lights me up saying, this happened. So I watched it and I said, uh, you know, I said, Oh, I'm sorry about that. First of all, that doesn't sound like uh, the employee in question doesn't sound like him. Um, you know, but I'll, I will certainly look at the cameras and see what happened and then, and then talk to him, you know, and this essentially wasn't good enough for her. I looked at the cameras and I said, you know, hon, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was a, a, just a total miscommunication. Uh, you know, it really didn't seem that way to me at all. And I'm sorry you feel that way, but it really seems to me that this was a complete misunderstanding. Yeah. You know, and then she, I said it like that. It really seems to me that this is a complete misunderstanding and uh, I'm sorry you feel badly. I know he didn't try to do that and we're not trying to do that, but it really seems to me that, is a miscommunication, misunderstanding. And then she just goes the fuck off, right? And this bitch buys maybe a blunt from me once a week, a fucking pack of wraps. You know, and she just won't shut up about how, oh, I'm going to spend my money somewhere else. And I'm quiet. And then Robbie, as you know, I'm a pretty nice guy. You know, and I'm quiet. I'm letting her fucking go on and on and on. And now I, like, I have shit to do. I'm getting annoyed. You know, like, and I'm pretty nice. She's, she won't. She, I'm, I'm getting lit up for probably five minutes or more. <laughs> you know, over a dollar wrap. Thing. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So she uh, has the rap. I'm gonna go spend my money somewhere else. And I looked at her, Miss, we don't need the insignificant pennies you spend here once every other week. Take your money, go somewhere else. And as a matter of fact, take these wraps as a gift. And I threw her some wraps, like threw them. Go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I gave love her, that. I gave her. Take these wraps as a gift. The fuck out of my store. Yep. I love that shit. That that gives me justice boners for days. It's like I just can't stand stupidity. Like I I don't mean Neither. like genuine yeah. people like maybe you know people say stupid shit it happens. But if you're going to act badly and stupidly and then expect me to just accept it and say, "Well, you know, the customer's always right." Like, no, I know what Custom- I'm doing. We operate successful businesses. You can get the fuck out of my store and we will be just fine. Oh, we'll be more than fine, honey. Like fucking hey, we got Oh, so uh, my one of my favorite things to do, right? So you mentioned It's delicious. That's Loom baby. Shout out Gino. <laughs> that's fine. Who cares? Is good. He owns the company. No, no, I've just I've been yeah. talking mad shit. I, I almost want to take that back. <laughs> yeah, that's Loon, baby. That's that blue lightning. Get it in your lungs. Mm, wow, that's actually really, really yeah. Good. yeah. And out of a Lux queue, uh fire. Anyways, one of my favorite things to do is to customers is I was like, customers will come in, right? You say people say stupid shit all the time. It's fine and life happens. Clarence, I love you, but shut up. Uh, Customers will come in. Hey, what's that pineapple guava taste like? I'm like, do you know what pineapple is? Yeah. Do you know what guava is? There you go. And like, huh? And I'm like, it's literally in black and white in front of your fucking face. And I'll talk like that to them. Huh. And I'm like, I'm going to shame you into stinking before you talk. Because if if people are just allowed to run around stupid and saying <laughs> stupid shit constantly we, like we, that. We get American politics. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> we get Supreme Court justices <laughs> that don't know uh, how to operate without a 2,000-year-old book. You know, um, this is another fun, uh, fun generalization people like to make that is just groovy they say old white men deciding what women can do with their bodies this was an old black man (laughs) first of all yeah it's an old black dude number one number two uh, take a look at the pictures of the justices that decided to uh, create and uphold roe v wade yeah 
bunch bunch of honkies. Every <laughs> single fucking one of those saltless, no flavored food having motherfuckers. The blanched chicken <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> Man, these are spicy bitches. <laughs> uh, but no, fuck Clarence Thomas. He can eat my asshole. Um, uh, and, and notice how he hasn't said shit about interracial marriage with his fucking pumpkin spice ass wife. <laughs> the, thing, the, thing, like, the thing about it is. Uh, the precedent that the Supreme Court is setting with taking away amendments, that's a scary precedent. You know, I think the idea that we could get to interracial let's, marriage. Let's, I, I let's, just, let's quantify that. It's absolutely fucking terrifying. It's not all scary. Scary is like, oh, there's a spider on the wall. The, the, the loss in the series, you know me, I'm not one to like over, like over dramatize the situation. I'll exaggerate at times, but this is absolutely to my fucking core, probably the most terrifying week of my life. Mm. And I've faced life in prison. I've faced guns in my face. And this scares me more than that ever did. I feel like you got your priorities wrong. If a gun in your face was less scary than I wanted to die, Donald. (laughs) But but the right, I'm going to shoot you. You My rights getting taken away is worse is just like some people say life in prison. I believe that life in prison, hangnail baby, uh, life in prison is a way worse and is unhumane compared to the death penalty. And I'm a firm believer in that. To live in fear every single day of your life is a way worse punishment than just taking it away. Hmm. Imagine your entire existence living in fear. You know, it's interesting. And that's where, that's where I'm at right now. I don't feel like I'm a victim. I feel like, I fear. I feel like people are overstepping their fucking bounds. I mean, I, 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 I kind of agree with that. I uh, now know, imagine it's... if your your significant other, your partner, right now, was sitting uh, in oh bleed all over your pants. That's hot. Um, was sitting in a hot like say you knock up your old lady, right? You just go have some of the best best mind blowing sex of your life. You knock her up. Mm-hmm. Um. You love this woman. You plan a future with her. Six months in, you go to your checkup, and the doctor says your wife's going to die on the table. Mm-hmm. Unless unless you terminate the pregnancy. Yep, right? Okay. And you're going to lose your child. Yep. More than like, more specifically, you're going to lose your child, too, because typically that's what happens. Statistically, that's more likely, right? You're going to lose both. It's, because, not, it's like instead of just losing your child, you lose your wife as well. Yep. So you sit there. And this is where it becomes reality for most men, right? Is you're sitting on there and the doctor comes to you and he goes, we're going to lose your wife and your kid. And there's nothing you can do. And there's nothing you can do about it. You know, and two weeks ago you could. So that's where you lost your right as a, as a, because you know what I mean? Well, I, I do. Yeah. You know, I, it's not just women that lost their rights Friday. Be, it's all of us well, I mean, lost I, our rights. I think to be consistent about this, Dave Chappelle has a great bit about this, actually. Yeah. Uh, little transphobic little <laughs> motherfucker. No, no, <laughs> no. His statements are, can be tra- considered transphobic. You, we'll, we'll watch one of his specials together. I've and, watched it plenty of times. And we'll watch it again. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Clayton Bigsby. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one too, man. If Clayton Bigsby was made today, oh my god! 
Uh, oh. the, it, for those who don't know, uh, Clayton Bigsby is a character made up by the comedian Dave Chappelle, who is a blind white supremacist who happens to be black. <laughs> it's fucking gold. Who's married to a racist white woman. Yeah. <laughs> and he's part of the KKK. He's part. He's a Klansman. He's a grand wizard in his city and a Klansman. I was it's, like... It's hilarious. The, like, it's the human duality. It's, it's duality in, uh, embodied, and it's... It's hilarious, and it's also very weirdly fucking scary at times. Like, these women that are proud of the fucking Roe vs. Wade, these these black men that are like, fuck yeah, you know, country, confederate fi- shit. And I'm like, ugh, you know, like, why? Like, loving your oppressor. I, I think it actually has to do with again lenses and the way that we view the yeah. world um you know it's uh now what were we what were we just on just right before this uh the clayton or the dave Chappelle part was, i think it was a touch before oh, oh yeah. so the the interesting thing about being fair with abortion um dave Chappelle has an interesting bit where he says you know i i believe that the right to choose is a woman's right, and she should only have to discuss or talk to a physician about when and where to exercise that right. Yep. But on the flip side, if you have the child, the man should not have to pay if he doesn't want to, if he has no say in whether or not you can abort, because if you can kill the motherfucker, I should at least be able to abandon him. <laughs> and in some states you can you know i've discussed that with i don't know like so you know you're a political at your shop but my shop is kind of the opposite i bring up a lot of politics at work i would just say just like cal uh certain somebody did with you um when, when we with, first met yeah when yeah, you yeah, guys that, first met that was yeah. fun uh we side note side story quick so my boss is muslim i'm catholic my first time meeting my boss seven years ago uh, we the shop closed at eight, and we stayed there from eight till midnight, just yelling at each other about uh, different religious questions. The biggest one was I said uh, Abraham was a dick. Uh, that, that, that was the biggest one, I bet. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I like to talk about that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting, um, especially if it's affecting my mood and my personality that day, right? So uh, a lot of men. I wanted to make this point back when uh, I brought up the men are the least outraged of this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought a, a, a lot of men. It was like, well, yeah, if rape or medical. And I was like, that's still a bore. You have to have that. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I screamed at one customer. He's a, he's a good customer. And so we always bullshit and talk about fucking each other's buttholes. It's a good time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, uh, He's like, when it comes to like rape or medical reasons, like I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be able to. I was like, he's like, but I don't like abortion. I was, you said the same thing. Yeah, like, well, that's why are you quantifying it? Like, I just don't understand why men have to quantify it. Nobody likes abortion. Well, so that's nobody. Nobody's like, well, oh, better go, better go well, fucking so, sleep with some dirtbag loser and go I, fucking I have an abortion. And I nobody agree. fucking says that. I, I so why are you that. quantifying it? Well, why not so, you specifically, but most men well, out no, but here? I, I can give a, a reason as as to why I would say it matters, or at least in part it matters. And I, I'm not sure what we're, we're quantifying. I don't know yeah. if I understand that. No, um, I mean, in the sense of quant- you're quantifying that 
you have to you have to quantify your statement or quanti- or preface your statement about what you're about to say with I don't uh, well if it's rape or something like yeah, you, you qualify the, yeah the qualify statement. yeah um well I I would say like so the reason that I think we've talked about this a little bit the reason that the the Roe v Wade question to me is it's an emotional question I, I can't say that I feel too much emotion about it. But the the imp- I should say it's not it's a it's a life impacting question. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, the doctors recommended that my mom terminate the pregnancy that was myself and my twin sister. Yeah. She said no, and like a week later, I was born. You know, and it's like her, she made the choice. It was her choice, but she made the choice, and because she chose life, a week later I showed up. Here I was, and I do believe at the time when the doc said terminate, I believe I was a person then. Oh, it's not a different way. Um, <laughs> I have multiple. So the I saw a picture of this lady at a protest the other day. Yeah. That, that it was just revolting. She was, and I think I told you about this. It was yeah, like she I was saw, at I ended the up end seeing of that. it. I ended up seeing that on Reddit that and, night. And it's like, we're going to pretend that you're you're nine months along, eight months along-ish. We're, like, we're going to pretend that's not a human in you? Maybe we have to put up with murder, but that thing inside you is a person. And if you decided that you didn't want to carry that pregnancy to term anymore and got an abortion, you would be committing first-degree murder. Yes. And I would... I don't think... So what you said... I don't think, yeah. I like that you can say that. Just like I can say, hey, four cells isn't a person. Yeah. Right? I don't think many folks on your side of the coin are willing to say that unless they were to sit down one-on-one with someone like me. I believe it's manslaughter, ultimately. But I believe... even so, right? I believe believe the shot... I think the person... the So initially, when you told me about this, right, uh, what went through my head was, oh, fuck. Now, I had to let it marinate because well, where do I stand on that, right? It's, like, it's, it's quite the conundrum. Yeah, like, so where do I stand on this? Um, I have to, I have to like, qualify it, right? I have to sit and look at it for what it is, and then I have to look at it for the interpretation that I'm about to reveal, right? So I interpret said picture and said situation as a... Uh, as a shock value, as a hard-hitting question, is like, yes, we all see a child in your stomach. We all do. Everyone sees a child, right? I would say 99.99999% of people see you with child. Yeah. Now, I think it. she's using it to pose a question of like a topic or fucking miscarriage or you did see the one I'm talking yeah, about. With yeah. Her big belly written, yeah. Like, she not was a wearing like, yep. she had a red writing, like not a person or something yet. Um, I saw it on Reddit like hours after you told me about it and I sat and looked at it. Doesn't that turn your stomach? Uh, I'm curious. I don't it? think it turned my stomach so much as it, it brought up a lot of weird questions in my head. Right. It didn't turn my fucking stomach. I just looked at it and I was like, wow. So it turns my stomach, man, and the reason it turns my stomach—I don't—I don't, I don't appreciate life as much as some people, though. But that's—that's that's it. Yeah. That's why it turns my stomach. It's like we're gonna have that much of a just a complete disdainment of of life, uh, of babies. Like we don't care about anybody's rights at this point, or anybody's lives with this overture. People that are. Paying taxes, well, I mean, working, you know what I mean? We don't care side, about their life. Well, that's, I mean, that's true enough. We care enough about it to not allow people to be murdered. If we cared about life, then we would do something about the healthcare system. We would do something about the foster care system. Well, we would do again, something. Again, we can make yeah. improvements, but I, I don't think, yeah. what, what I'm saying is we obviously as a society care enough about life to not legalize murder. Yeah. 
So we care enough about it to once you're a person, you've yeah. been born, we care enough about protecting your life that it's not legal to kill you. Yeah. You know, could we do better to help Unless people's Unless it's justifiable homicide. Like Clarence but, Thomas. Oh. <laughs> I went there, fucker. <laughs> yeah, yikes. See, but I know you, I you can yeah. speak tongue-in-cheek Yeah, and be like, ooh, shock value, ha-ha, not actually going to go, like, murk a Supreme Court justice. There are people that don't, they think the right response to shit they disagree with is violence. Do you think you think that, I want to pose, so this is going to frighten you, what I'm about to say. Uh, I'm it's going to frighten it. our audience, okay? All right. Deep down to my morality and the core of my belief, I'm not opposed. To murder? No. That's interesting. So murder or killing? Because murder means, like, the definition is wrongful, the wrongful killing of a human. My definition of wrongful versus right versus wrong. Uh, so I meant, like, murder itself. Like, the word the word murder means wrongful killing. Like, uh, that's why I yeah, say yeah, it's yeah. Like the Ten Commandments to take yeah, us back to yeah. the Bible. <laughs> it's not even the look in your eyes is great whenever you bring <laughs> up the Bible. <laughs> I so just funny. I love to, I love taking it back to the Bible for you. Um, because the, yeah, the because initial, there was no, there was literally no stories before that. There wasn't Odysseus. There wasn't Hercules. There wasn't fucking any any Greek fucking drama and nothing existed before God. God for fucking big. <laughs> well, so the uh, the, the uh, Ten Commandments, the initial Hebrew versions of the Ten Commandments, uh, the phrase... Teach me my shit, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Teach me what, I, what my people wrote. Now, I'm, I wish I could remember how Originally to say Originally transferred from Aramaic, by the way, which is a dead language and you can't transfer Aramaic. You can't translate Aramaic to but Hebrew. The, uh, but anyways, so continue. The, uh, lost in translation. The, the lost in translation bits, so the initial uh, Hebrew translation of thou shall not kill yeah. is thou shall not murder. Yep. And murder meaning wrongful killing. So a soldier, say, that goes to war and kills in war, it's not the same thing as, say, plopping someone in the head back home for no good reason. What if that's my opinion that that's wrongful? Uh, well, then, you know, that would be your opinion. I'm talking, like, say, the technical definition of the word but murder. But that's what's wrongful is there you can't technalize an opinion. Mm, that's fair. You know what, what I mean? Would, what like, mean yeah, what would wrong? define wrong? Yeah. That's why we have court systems. Um, so when I did, when I define, you would define it as wrong, and a lot of people in society would define it as wrong. But I, in a small amount, uh, a group of people that agree with me would not define it as wrong because it would be world-changing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I understand. I feel like I feel like this world changing murder thing. Um, Killing, your, your, yeah. your folks, uh, your your people have been through this. This could end up very bad for groups of not people. Not genocidal. Okay, we're not, not talking genocide. about genocide. No, okay. no, no. <laughs> it's fuck. like Robbie, bro. We're talking about killing the world like, here. All white people die. You know? <laughs> like, no, it's it's a lot more. Uh, I'm very. Uh, somebody did a study that it only takes 16 armed people to overthrow the government, the American government. We'll be taking applications at the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you and know? I am as and until it's it's the revolution, baby. We've uh, we've tried uh, revolutionary <laughs> ideas in many places, and all that and tends to happen is the streets get bathed in blood, bathed in blood. That tends to happen regardless, but every once in a while yeah. you get a diamond in the rough hey, like America. Hey, but hey, as long as they're getting paid sixty thousand a year and get to wear a shiny blue suit and a badge on their chest, it's completely acceptable. 
<laughs> oh, did I go there? I went there. I, I fucking went I don't there. Think they make sixty k, do they? <laughs> uh, sergeants do. Uh, depending on where they're from, I found out there's one officer. There's a sergeant in California, in a city in California, that makes two hundred twenty four thousand, and he's not a tenured officer. He is just an operating sergeant. Two hundred and twenty four thousand. Talk about wage differential. Talk about taxes being uh, your well, your taxes being appropriated badly. Yeah, yeah. Talk about correct spending by people that make the decisions. You and know, I this, bet, uh, and I bet those those uh, those fucking people that decided his wages never have gotten a speeding ticket. <laughs> That's back to fines being uh, uh, legal for a price. Yep. And the people, yeah, and the people that live that moved into his neighborhood of color also ended up moving out within five years. Oh. <laughs> you know, this has been uh, uh, quite the conversation. I, I think yeah. we're probably getting to that closing point. Yeah, we're getting to the point. Um, but yeah. I'm going to leave you with that little scary thought that what I'm actually capable of uh, and what I wish. And uh, uh, if the time calls, then so be it. So this and Clarence is just everywhere now. This is an interesting idea that we can. I'm, I'll bounce it off of, of this yeah. and then that's I'll leave it at that. Clarence, stop with the, stop with the legs. Getting all tangled up in the cords. So three hours of it's something a thought to marinate on. You know what a person is capable. You're capable of right in, in regards to the efficacy of murder. Um, there's an old phrase that it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Uh, and there's this idea about what it means to be a man. Right, stand up straight with your shoulders back, be strong, uh, be forthright. Yeah. And I think all those things are actually very good ideas. And we have an idea now that says, well, you don't need to be strong to be a man. Well, weak men are the men that stab you in the back. Strong men are the men who are capable of atrocious things and then have it under voluntary control and choose to act better. I believe that 100%. I think that's a great place to stop. Yep. Uh, thanks again, guys. This has been Top Shelf Sessions. Uh, like us on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Uh Today is January 29th. Uh, give me about a, you should be listening to this within a week. Um, pending the FBI don't show up on my door and send me to prison for treason. Yeah, well, for threatening the Merca Supreme Court justice. <laughs> <laughs> nah, more like the people in the, uh, the uh, pretty white house that's up there on Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> uh, you know, I, um, yeah, this has been, this has been great. Uh, I, I hope that the, the thinking in real time is something that uh, y'all out there listening uh, can appreciate. The, we're, we're really trying to further our thinking in this and to bridge the gap that people seem to think is an endless chasm when, in fact, it's not. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, people that disagree with each other often have more things that they agree with when you sit down and hash out the issues in a sporadic, uh, non-scripted, shit show yeah welcome to top shell sessions <laughs> thanks again guys appreciate your list
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Top Shelf Sessions. I'm your host, Don. And Rob. Welcome back. We're glad to have you. Rob, how you been, bro? Good. Just busy, busy, busy shop life. You know how it goes. Uh, 100%, man. I feel that. Say We uh, weren't able to get together last week to record one, so it's good to be back this week. Yes, yes. Lots have happened. A lot has happened in the, the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, certainly some hot-button issues that we're going to end up getting into. But over the last couple of weeks, I have had a lot of time to think about a bit from our last conversation. Uh, the condition of the human being and the lenses with which we construct our view of the world and our place in it. And how those different lenses... Well, essentially, those different lenses allow us to manifest different things in our own lives. And they dictate how we see the world. I mean, like what facts we pull out of the world. And I've, I've spent the last couple of weeks thinking about that, the different lenses that people see the world through and well, and, and potential problems that that uh, can cause, which uh, I, I think to relate it to a, a, a very uh, contentious issue right now, the uh, Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, um, the different lenses that people view that issue with, I think play a large part in the vehement anger coming from people on both sides of the coin and the talking past each other that seems to happen uh, in most of the conversations pertaining to the subject. Yeah, um, I would say, so the the subject at hand, the the abortion versus, like pro-choice versus pro-right, issue has been a lot of uh back and forth for however long this country's existed right and um so much now it's not so much anger that i'm seeing it's i'm not seeing a lot of anger from the conservative view i'm seeing a lot of anger from the liberal slash the opposing side of the because it's not it's it's really not a Republican issue or a Democrat issue. I've noticed it's it's a religious issue. It's it's more so not the conservatives that are having an issue with it. It's the religious people that uh, wanted this, not the conservatives. Because um, typically conservatives uh, are against abolishing people's rights uh, in the Constitution and amendments and getting rid of amendments. Typically, um, 